Yes, and, and um, yeah, I, I won't say that. It's inappropriate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here before he eventually does say it. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub. And how are we listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live. Go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? Woo! Yeah, Twitter is bugging tonight, but we are live. What is going on? This is Lord Robinson from Here's the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We're here on a rather pretty nasty and rainy and cold day here in Tallahassee and pretty cold day up there in Charlotte. But right now, it's just me, BZ, and Dilu. We're waiting on Nate. The internet is kind of getting iffy with me over here tonight with the storm passing through. So we're just chilling like villains, looking forward to having some good discussion after Florida State took down Duke. Me and Dilu were in attendance for that, along with Maddox down there covering for Null Game Day. Well, we're looking forward to talking about that one. We've got a new transfer from Oregon, running back Trey Benson, that we will most certainly discuss. we got some transfers from Georgia hitting the portal that we'll talk about, including wide receiver Jermaine Burton. We're going to talk some Chris Parson. He just dropped his first journal with us, and we'll discuss that along with some other visitors this past weekend. And there's also some more visits happening this upcoming weekend with Dustin in attendance. And then we've had a few player interviews this week. Uh, Purdy commits to Nebraska. Kendall Bryles turned down, turns down the Miami offer twice. No means no. Uh, keep that in mind there, Mario Cristobal. No means no. And Akers is back. Can't wait to talk about Cam Akers and also Jalen Ramsey. They're gonna look like they're looking like they're gonna have a good run there in the NFL playoffs. I can't say the same about my Steelers. And then for the rest of the pod, we're talking Florida State versus Duke, FSU versus UNF, and we will preview Syracuse, their next upcoming no. game. No. Gentlemen, that was a lot. No. That was a lot. I'm no. winded. You're wrong. No, you already so played Miami. Syracuse Saturday. We're playing Miami. Saturday. That's what I thought. You tricked me earlier. You tricked me. No, because Syracuse and I was like, recap Miami. We had three sure. games this week. Oh, God, I, can't keep, I will say I kind of blocked out basketball for like a month and a half. Definitely whenever all the COVID stuff was going on. But now I'm fully back. After the Duke game, I'm back in it. I watched the UNF game while I was here working during lunchtime. You know, I'm fully back. I had it on my phone over here. Has my attention and also has Dustin's. Dustin hadn't gone to a game in a little while, too. So sorry to call you out, D Lou. Well, oh, I got married. I had a honeymoon. I had a lot going on. You don't really have any excuses. You're back on the bandwagon after five straight wins. I get it, but don't call me out. I had, just, I had stuff going on. Yeah, I know. Dustin's always the one in there in the pain, and you know, get it. He's in the pain basketball term there, anyways. Uh, I he's the one that watches all of the day, but. They wouldn't let me go. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me. 
but yeah, how are we doing, gentlemen? We doing good. Nate's not here, so this should be a fantastic pod. This should be great. My boneless buddy has left me. Where you yeah. at, Nate? Yeah, the boneless buddies. Just he he starts it last week, and he starts campaigning it on Twitter too immediately that night and all throughout the week. And now he doesn't even show up for the podcast. And that that's just what chicken nugget people with sauce on them do. Uh, they kind of say some things and then they hide. It was funny though, Dilu. We were sitting in the stands at the basketball game, and it was heading into overtime. And one of the two college girls had looked up at us and said, "Hey, we listened to the podcast, boneless buddies." I didn't talk to her for the rest of the evening, but we do appreciate you for listening to the show. Definitely. You should DM us. I got to throw you some merch. Thank you for uh, supporting us, but the bonus buddies thing, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. That was my favorite part of the game. I think I enjoyed that more than FSU beating Duke, honestly, but I couldn't understand what she was saying. It was so loud in there. I was, I was just like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, you were also one and a half tall beers in too. You got to admit that. That ain't nothing. And it's, it's a known factor, lightweight. It's a typical. What night was that? Typical. <laughs> typical. Night. Yeah, typical Tuesday, Tuesday night for night. Dustin. Bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that was a fun night. We'll get to that later on in the show. As always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button. We definitely appreciate it. Comment. If you're on Facebook, too, comment with us tonight so we can engage with y'all and answer some questions. But if you're also trying to listen to this, an audio version, we're on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, you guys go check that out. Also, Google Play. Let's get started, gentlemen. Let's start off with number one, Florida State lands Oregon running back Trey Benson. This one was discussed quite a bit all throughout the week, and I think fans are 50-50 on it. It might be even more of negative takes and there are positive takes. I think there's just different ways you can take it. I try to be an optimistic person and we'll discuss this, but Florida state is bringing in Benson. He came and visited the day after he commits to Florida state. We kind of got some word on this earlier last week and saw this coming. I think they wanted to see him in person, evaluate him and they probably did their due diligence and talked with uh, any of the contacts they had over there at Oregon. He's six foot one, 215 pounds, uh, and seems to be that he'll have what four years remaining. Is that correct, D. Lou? Four years? Yeah. Some people have said three. Some have said four. I think it's. I think it's probably four, okay. based on the COVID year and twenty twenty not really counting. Mm -hmm. Well, the the biggest thing here, and we'll talk about it, is his health and the leg injury that he suffered. So he went through a pretty brutal leg injury to not just only his knee, but almost, you know, we read up on his hamstring too. There's just a really, really tough injury. It's even hard to come back and run from, but it seems like he's recovered and he was, he was um, allowed to participate. Like he was cleared to participate this last season, just didn't have a whole ton of burn. And, you know, Florida state, you know, kind of maybe weren't expecting this. There was also die who entered the transfer portal, who had more of a production for Oregon, but Florida State takes Benson, and it seems like they feel pretty comfortable with taking him in. And, you know, that now joins Treshawn Ward. Now you got a youngin' like Rodney Hill jumping in there. Um, you got DJ Williams, who transferred from Auburn. You lose Corbin. You've got Toa Philly. So this is kind of a room that's growing. I mean, I don't know. I, I still think the staff was, was going to wait till the spring, but they see something in Benson. Yeah, like you said, he suffered a, a pretty serious injury during his true freshman season season at Oregon. Um, during a practice, practice, 
towards ACL, MCL, lateral meniscus, medial meniscus, and I'm pretty sure more than that. So it was a pretty serious injury, but at the same time, he didn't have any nerve damage or any after effects like that. Like you said, Logan rehabbed, was available this past season as a backup, but you have to think the injury happened, I believe, November of his freshman year. So really he wasn't a full year removed from that until about two months ago or so. So this is a guy that's still really getting back from that injury had six carries, I think 22 yards, and a touchdown this past season in, in reserve action. But now moving into his time at Florida State, he's going to be going into that second year removed from the injury. That's normally when you see people starting to get their 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 legs back under him. You look at Deshaun Corbin. He had that hamstring injury that knocked him out at Texas A&M, came to Florida State, kind of struggled a little bit in 2020, and then this year has a breakout season and is now heading into the NFL. So, yeah. He's had a he's had a serious injury, but guys have come back from it before. And just looking at Mike Norvell's history with running backs, he's put so many guys in the NFL at Memphis. He's going to put Corbin in the NFL at Florida State. You look at what he's done with Treshawn Ward, Lawrence Toa Philly, those guys. If there's one area that I'm not going to doubt Mike Norvell, it's when it comes down to scouting running backs. Yeah, and that's something I was telling a lot of people too. We were talking about on the Mark Rogers show last night, and. Look at a Corbin. I mean, also had an injury. I don't think this one as was as severe, no, uh, as obviously Benson coming in. But first, you look at what overall Norvell has done on the transfer portal. He's been one of the best coaches in college football right now, at killing it, evaluating guys and coming in and where they fit in depth pieces too. And you also look in the running back in his past history, putting guys in the NFL and really having excelled in the running back department in college. Uh, and so then you, you take those two, and then you say, hey, you know. If they've evaluated him, they've done their due diligence. They've done a really good job of understanding, you know, what the severity of the injury was. How does he look now? I'm sure trainers and, you know, whatever else they had inside the program, take a look at the, at the leg. You know, if they've done all of that, then there's no reason not to trust what the staff has picked. I think, you know, Florida State fans, you can only really go back and look at high school tape. I'm sure some, you know, a lot of people have, but, you know, you don't get a lot of college tape to work with. So that it, it's a little, it's 50, 50. It's tough. I try to stay optimistic and, you know, I don't think the staff has done anything to sway me from being, you know, positive. I, I think, you know, until something like that happens, it, it's been kind of, they've been on a good role in this transfer portal. And, you know, I, I, I do trust Norvell's instincts there and in getting talent and the running back room. I mean, Florida State has done a great job. Uh, like we said, Sean Corbin came in and ended up being your starting running back for two years. I also don't think they needed a guy to come in and be a productive running back right away. I mean, you, we've already talked about you have Treshawn Ward, DJ Williams, and Toa Philly all coming back for next season. You didn't need a guy that can make an immediate impact. You really didn't need it. Get a guy you can develop. But you can also look at it as, you know, that the evaluation on Milton's knee didn't quite work out. So how does this evaluation on Benson's knee look out? We'll see, but they didn't really need an impact running back. Worst case, it's a guy you can develop, and it doesn't sway the needle that much either way. Yeah, and the thing with this injury is it wasn't near as serious as McKenzie Milton's injury. You know, it, it was a serious injury, but it wasn't to the magnitude of something like Milton where he had so many procedures and it was a question mark if he would ever even be able to return to college football. This is a guy – that has recovered, and Logan mentioned it earlier. Florida State got him on campus before accepting his commitment, and you know he was in he was in town for quite a while. So I'm sure the staff 
you said it, Logan, did their due diligence on his injury, you know, checked out his medical records and everything. And they've got to be confident um, with how this thing is going to go. And you also have to think um, Kenny Dillingham over there at Oregon right now, probably got to look at him as well. And I'm sure Mike Norvell will potentially reach out and got an opinion there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think this one will be interesting. There's a question here from 21 asking, why didn't FSU go over tra- go after Travis Dye instead of Trey Benson. And I think there's a certain thing. I mean, everybody will have their own ideas on this. I think Florida State probably was early on in, in contacting and building that relationship with Trey. I mean, you know, you look at Micah Pittman, too. He's done a lot of recruiting. He's the one that tweeted on Twitter that, you know, there's another one coming. They're not done yet. And so it seemed like this relationship was built really early on. And maybe Micah Pittman had gotten into the staff's ear and kind of give them a heads up on Benson and, you know, giving them firsthand thoughts on how maybe he was doing in practice scrimmages, you know, being around him in person too, as a, as someone that we'd bring in the locker room. And so they felt pretty positive about it. And I might not have even thought about, you know, entertaining Florida state staff. Um, you know, I'm sure they would love to kick the tires that they hadn't already. Uh, but some of these guys, when you hit the transfer portal already kind of having some ideas of teams, that they maybe are expecting to hear from or kind of in their head or know exactly where they're going. So that's my kind of take on it there, D. Lou. Yeah, I think it just kind of came down um, to timing because Benson, Benson entered the uh, portal a couple days or maybe even closer to a week before the other running back. Or So I really just think it came down to timing um, in the end of it. I'm sure they would have liked to take a look at him, but it is what it is. You know, you kind of have your – your starters there with Trashawn Ward, Lawrence Toafili, and DJ Williams. The guys are going to be contributing, and we'll see behind that. Mm-hmm. Yep, we'll most likely. We'll talk about it a lot more. I mean, that, he's not coming in to be your pure starting running back. No. I think fans need to uh, – they probably do understand that, but let's make sure we keep that in mind. He's not here to be RB1. I don't even think RB2. That's not just not really the case, in my opinion. Not He's going to get carries, but it's just not going to be – that's not the case this upcoming year. Nate, welcome back. Hope the What's nap up, was good. How's huh? the nap? Nah, man. Splitting headache, man. Uh-oh. I'm good to go now, though. Okay. Woo. We're back, though. We'll, we'll help you. It's all getting old, man. <laughs> you don't look old. You I'm don't looking, look old. I, I mean, compared to Dustin, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about how old he looks. I don't, I don't have any gray, gray in my beard yet, but <laughs> that's fine. Man. Coming. The more I talk yeah. to you, the more that's wi- that's wisdom, up. bro. That's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me tell you how wise you are, Nate. Real quick, we're moving on, kind of from Trey Benson. But your take on Benson? Should Florida State fans just, you know, riot that they brought in Benson here? I mean, I, I understand the trepidation with the with the injury. I, I understand that, but um, no, no, they have very limited depth at, at running back. So I, I understand the take also. Um, you know, coming back, he played last year, so it's not like he sat out a year. Um, you know, granted, he didn't have a ton of you know a ton of production, but you know, from what I her coming on, Logan, I think you're saying that he's not a guy that's going to be dependent on to be a primary carrier. Um, I, I, I think you have Wartoa, Philly, and, and Williams. And even the walk-on, you know, C.J. Campbell, who, who a lot of people 
are, are pretty high on mm-hmm. um, based off la- last season. So, you know, it, it, it's a death take. And it, it, if he's a guy who can get close to, to close to form, you know, pre-injury, he's a 10, 500 meter speed guy. So mm-hmm. see how it, see how it works out, man. You know, you know, it's a scholarship that was open. Um, the running backs that are in the portal, you know, you know I, I think the one that everyone wanted still has not entered the portal. And you just go from there, man. I mean, I don't think that Florida State didn't take him without doing homework. Yeah. So yeah, we discussed. Yeah, we discussed that. There's no. They did their due diligence. They did their evaluations. Definitely, I think it was good to have him come visit and see him in person before they announced and did the signing. Sure. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think it, that was the delay in it, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, simple. You know, some people expected yeah. it last weekend. I think it was delayed because I think FSU wanted to do their homework and make sure that you know this because this isn't a wasted scholarship. No, exactly. So um, we'll move on from the Trey Benson stuff here. But uh, six foot one, two fifteen, big back coming in, big mm-hmm. back, uh, big bat, big bat, big bat, bat. No. You need to go back outside and and, and, and you know excel, excel you know, your I, 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 as we saw with like Cam Akers. You know, you know, you know, athletes recover differently now. You know, just with the the changes in medicine and and rehabbing and all all this kind of stuff, you know, it's it's a different game now. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll, yep. we'll see. Well, I mean, we'll talk I, about I, I don't it. hate it. Acres, man. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But look yep. at Acres, ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. And look at Jameis. Yep, an older guy. Look Jameis how well is, he's feeling. Jameis looks really good right now. If yep. Jameis is old, then man, damn. Right. I'm not saying he's old, but well, you're like an older guy. Bro, he's yeah, there's like an age. There's an age difference. There's an age difference. He's as old there. as me. <laughs> like a. He's not like Big Ben. Well, you know. Don't even get me into this. We're talking too much about age today, Dustin. Don't make me bring up anything. I don't know what I'd bring up really, anyways, except for college and graduating. You know, <laughs> what year did he graduate, Austin? What did he start? Oh, uh, Dustin, he started college, I believe, in 2006. <laughs> and I'm still enrolled, baby. <laughs> oh, damn. That financial I, aid is kicking. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely going stupid. Is it, the, is it the bachelor you're getting or the master's doctor? I've almost got my AA. Like, I'm <laughs> a, couple, a couple credits away. That's close. It's close. Uh, Nate, would you like to have Jermaine... Burton on your football team in the wide receiver room. Would you like uh, to have him? Let, 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 let me ask you this, you know, kind of as a retort. To, <laughs> we can trade questions. You know, kind of as a retort, follow up to like Benson, you know, Burton's had a lot of injuries too. So why, why is everyone so excited about that possibility of taking Jermaine Burton, but everyone questions, you know, taking the running back, but, I think that one's just because of didn't have any kind of really college production this past right. year. But I understand but, your take though. On yeah, but but health reason. To answer your question, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would take him because not for yeah. nothing. You know, you know, Georgia. 
you know, Florida State has awards right now. Florida State has things that they need to work on. But for Georgia, Georgia to be such a preeminent top program right now, they do a really poor job at receiver and quarterback. So it'd be an opportunity for him to get on a different stage and, and show what he's got. So if that happens, man, what they've done with that wide receiver room is, is tremendous. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. So Jermaine Byrne from Georgia enters the transfer portal. We had I'd kind of kicked the tires on a few sources on Georgia's side of things, and they said it was kind of all rumors. It wouldn't have been a shock, though, if he were to enter the transfer portal. But I think that a lot of the fan base you could see on social were a little shocked by that. They were not happy with Kirby Smart mm-hmm. whatsoever. Well, um, you know, but we Georgia kinda, fans are also spoiled. They're 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 yeah. We, we kind of chatted about it, you know, between us. Yeah. In, in our chat, you know, there seems to be a little bit of a, uh, you know, smoldering ashes of smoke there. Yeah, and I think too. I mean, <laughs> look at the relationships between Pittman um, and Wilson. I mean, those two guys transferring in, played together in high school in Calabasas. You know, that's where you we started kind of trying to connect dots there. He's starting the relationships and you saw Micah Pittman right away in the comments on IG. You also saw Jermaine Johnson, who I don't think a lot of people are talking about there, but mm-hmm. played at Georgia could have a, a pretty interesting role. If this starts kicking up and, you know, Burton is starting to entertain what Florida state is offering over here. I think it's going to come down to the potential of him obviously being a starter, which he would be when coming to Tallahassee, but it's going to come down to the quarterback situation too. You know, we're hearing some names uh, along with Oregon, heard LSU as a potential name in Florida State, um, even Alabama. So this kind of comes down to he wants to be that pure number one and what the Georgia side of things that they're saying is the volume. He wanted more volume. And, you know, but the thing with him, though, I, I wasn't fully healthy, but top end speed at that size is extremely special. That would be a major get for Florida State's offense overall. Not even that wide receiver room, but for the offense overall. I mean, you look at like guys like Winston Wright and you know Burton. You know, those are two guys that can take the top off the defense very quickly. And, and then you have the versatility of Pittman, and then you have Malik McLean. And the question is that. If that does happen, Florida State would definitely have some kids enter the portal because there's only so yeah. many, so many reps and so so many balls that go around. I would fully expect FSU to have some attrition there. Yeah, and I mean you've already seen the indictment. I would say that the FSU staff has in that wide receiver room by bringing mm-hmm. in four new guys, but imagine bringing in a fifth. That's that's a lot of new bodies and a lot of guys. <laughs> Imagine being a fly on that chart. wall in those meeting rooms of how much they just don't like that room. You know, yeah. let's bring in five different guys in one offseason. It's insane. I haven't I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that through the transfer portal yet, just completely, completely rebuilding a room. I mean, you've got starters and you've got guys that aren't gonna start but are gonna be depth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've got yeah. guys behind them that are in the room now that are going to stick around and still contribute. You know, you mentioned Malik McLean, Joshua Burrell. I think Ontario Wilson could have a role, but Jekai there's some Douglas. guys that, yeah, Ja'Kai Douglas splitting time between receiver and running back. But there's some guys that have just been passed up, and mm-hmm. that's just that's kind of how it is. 
Yeah, I, I, I understand, you know, the intrigue of Bama, what they've done at wide receiver. You know, they're going to lose Jameson Williams. And I think, did Mechie announce that he's going to leave? Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm missing something I, I know here on that one. Did. Slade Bolden, I know he, yeah, and, he's yeah, Bolden. So uh, I, I understand yeah. there'd yeah, be an opportunity to, to be a, yeah, in, you know, uh, an immediate contributor there. So it's going to be interesting if FSU can pull that off and, and complete that. That would be extremely yeah. uh, beneficial. <laughs> this this is just going to be another week of a thrill, probably maybe two weeks of where Florida State and FSU Twitter just eat each other alive over about one player in a transfer, just like how it was around Tyree West and just absolutely losing their mind and mm-hmm. going at one another. Um, but patience, patience. You know, there is time a little bit, kind of just depending on what Florida State can do academically if they were to get a guy in this late uh, into a semester, but you know, still patience, patience, patience. Everything doesn't happen overnight, and I hope kind of fans are learning that probably after the Trey Benson stuff. Because what do you mean? <laughs> just off of them on Twitter, just going it needs to happen state. right now. Yeah, yeah, I know it needs to happen <laughs> immediately, like by ten o'clock. It needs to go down. Just pull another so, Julian Armella before we get off the show, please. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it, man. It's keeping the off season it is. Fun, I mean, I like fresh that. and exciting. I mean, look, we're already we're less than two weeks away now from National Signing Day. By the time all that's over, we'll be sitting right there at spring practice. Just got to make it to August, baby. Just got to make it to August. That's my birthday. Man. And, 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 and I think everyone <laughs> is waiting to see what happens in spring at the quarterback position. I think that, you know, the, the likelihood of taking in a, a transfer there is going to be mm-hmm. what you think you know, something to watch. You think it depends on how spring ball kind of shakes out and if, if they think Rodemaker can take that next step to be a backup or if they see signs from Duffy? Yeah, I have an interview with uh, Danny O'Neill coming out that I did, you know, 2024 quarterback. You know, he spent a lot of time with, with Tony Tokars um, when he was in town. And, you know, FSU feels oh, – they feel pretty confident what they have at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and coming back, I know that um, it's not ideal to have only three scholarship quarterbacks, but if they feel like what they have, it, it, it they can they can work with it. No, I, I think it's going to be something to watch. Damn. Yeah, no, it is. We will definitely keep uh, an eye on it. I think that's why I was a little shocked too about already in this before you even get to the spring too. You you bring Benson in, but. We kind of we've already talked about that, but and, and, and one more thing about that just popped in my head about you know Burton, you know if, if they land him, you know a kid like 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 Deuce Bond who, by all accounts, is you know a, an a- athletically gifted special athlete. He's still learning the wide receiver position, so you know that gives him a little bit of time to continue to adapt. You know. His contribution at FSU is, you know, the back in the next year and into the year after. That's when I think mm-hmm. you really expect him to take the next step. So, you know, it'd be interesting. It's interesting to watch what happens there because, like you said, Logan, I don't think Georgia fans expected him to kind of make the move. 
Yep. Nope. Johnny's on here asking, has anybody heard about Carson Beck? Uh, it's been talked about. Portal you know, I, I, I think Carson Beck is a new Chase Sanders. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a, 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 every year it's being talked about of him mm-hmm. entering the portal. So, yeah, <laughs> that's the new name. Carson Beck, but yeah, that's the back. I mean, uh, you, you got to expect some attrition at, at that quarterback position at Georgia. You know, well, they lost Daniels. Yep, and and then they have Gunnar Stockton coming in, so they have another five-star kid coming in in this class. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I mean, they've got what Vandegrift on the bench, yep. who 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 a lot of people are saying is the next guy up there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so something something's gotta something's gotta get there. You know, they're not gonna mm-hmm. keep all those kids. Yeah. Uh, let's discuss this past recruiting weekend, D. Lou. We spent a lot of time with 2023 quarterback commit Chris Parson from Tennessee. He and his family drove all the way down here and came for a one day visit. Full day, I can go ahead and tell you that it was a full day visit for sure but he talked to us and said that was the best visit he's ever had he felt like royalty which i think that's what the feeling is going to be for a lot of these 2023 guys now being the full focused on but chris parson seemed like he had a really great visit they did a couple videos they did a photo shoot uh, the yeah, family came that in video, man that video is tight yeah the video is tight had a had a few of these guys on there chatting and that wasn't planned either that wasn't planned i Play promise it. Play the video. I'll play it on here in a second. But D. Lou, talk about his visit before I throw this cat. Well, Peter will come after me. I'm gonna toss this cat to the ground before I get ticked off and throw it through a window. Um, but let's talk about Chris Parson and his mm-hmm. visit. Uh, everything went well, and also had a lunch with Tokars too. They went off to Hobbit. Our friends over there at Hobbit got some wings. Yeah, like you said, Florida State blew it out of the water um, again with Chris Parson, but. Coming into this trip, this is a guy who is completely locked in and his commitment. He's comfortable. He knows what he wants to do with his future, and that's to play quarterback at Florida State. And that's you know all he's expressed to me for nearly the last eight months while while we've been building our relationship. But this this visit, it was a chance for him to connect with Tony Tokars and Alex Atkins. You know, two guys who just got promoted. Atkins to OC. Tokar is a quarterbacks coach and. From, from everything he said, from everything we heard around the facility, I mean, it just went extremely well. He's starting to develop a really close relationship with Tokars. I think maybe even more so um, <clears throat> than Dillingham as time goes on. And he did his fair share of recruiting, too. We talked to 2023 wide receiver Tyler Williams, a, a cousin of Carlos Williams, who I'm sure some of you watching the show know quite a bit about since he was on here with us and also was one of the best running backs in Florida State history. Um, his brother, Vince Williams, one of the best linebackers in Florida State history. So a lot of family ties there for the younger Williams. But he told us afterwards that Chris Parson was recruiting him to commit to Florida State harder than the coaching staff. You know, So this is a guy moving into his senior year. He's really stepping up into that leadership role, that bell cow of the 2023 class. And He's going after guys all over the country, offensive guys, defensive guys. He said recently that um, Atkins and Tokars and the coaching staff have been asking him about certain guys and what he thinks about them and if Florida State should pursue. So he's very involved in the recruiting efforts. He has a great a great relationship 
with Coach Norvell. He's building something special with Tokars and Atkins and just really excited to see what he can do throughout his his senior year, this offseason. It's going to be fun to uh, follow Chris Parson and his journey. He should be, and just to end it off, he should be back in Tallahassee next month for another recruiting event that Florida State's holding. I've got the video here we can watch real quick. When you look at yourself 30 years from now, what do you want Man, a kick a play. Florida State, big-time commitment quarterback, Chris Parson. I look at the jerseys around here. I look at the histories on these walls. There's so much greatness that's come through here before me, and I won't let them down. Grew up an FSU fan. This is a dream come true for him. Absolutely. I'm not afraid to fail. That pressure, that moment, I live for that. He's a guy that you get in here in the 2023 class. You have a leader now. You know, he has a really bright future. And yeah, Porter State, I mean, they've got to be excited about this one. So what advice would you offer to other recruits in the class of 2023? You want first place, come play with me. You want second place, go somewhere else. I love, I love that shit right there, dude. Yeah, that quote right there was awesome. Pretty, it's pretty dope. Yeah, no, that was that was badass. A great what quote he got, there. He got that yesterday in Florida State. They filmed it on Saturday. So the new guys that got over there in the media department putting some work in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Dilo, you mentioned Los. Los was there on Saturday. He called us and said, yo, I'm on the way. my ribs. <laughs> I know he – what do you do? Hug you or tap yeah, I walk you? Up to me and like hug is, me. Isn't that your first time meeting Lowe's? No, I've met Lowe's before. I thought that was your first time. Remember, we went out to the bar. Remember, we all. Well, no, Dilo had left. Yeah. Yeah, I met him at Kenny Shaw's camp. That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, no, that was uh, awesome seeing Lowe's come in town. And man, what? God, they blew up on Twitter. The fans want Lowe's on the sideline. Lowe's said, though, he's trying to work his way in there. He's doing a lot mm-hmm. of recruiting efforts around in his area, but, and he's doing a lot of training, but Los was there, Tyler Williams, uh, kind of more of a quiet interview after uh, his visit. But Parson told us, you know, that's a guy that he's dialed in on and he sees a lot with them. And they said that they rode the cart around campus together. And then once they had a spot to stop, Parson actually got out of his cart and joined uh, Tyler's and kind of was chatting it up with them and kind of, you know, got him out, got him into a comfort with them and they started yeah. uh, chatting it up. I mean, I know he wasn't there this weekend, but Jalen Brown and Tyler Williams are one and two in Florida for 2023 in a very deep wide receiver class in the state of Florida for the, for this coming cycle. So, you know, Florida yeah. State could make a statement there with the top two kids in the state. Mm-hmm. Which has that happened? I don't know. I mean, I mean I, I, yeah, Brandon Ines is up there too. Up there too, but you know. You know, there's a lot of people who think that Brown and, and Williams are, have, have a higher ceiling there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and if Florida State was to come away with Brown, Williams, Santana, Fleming, and then you already have Vondravius Jacobs committed, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a hell of a wide receiver class right there. Absolutely. Yep, another guy in attendance was Roderick Kearney. It was easy to spot him right away whenever he left the moor because that is a big – boy right there he's coming in and he had he's had really i think one of the most impressive interviews talking about how real he he really emphasized mm-hmm. how real 
the staff was. Nate, you've talked with them, but he really emphasized after the interview. He said it multiple times. Yeah. He said, you know, this staff is real with me, Coach Atkins' staff. And he said he had a good one on one talk with Norvell. And they just kept on, he kept on saying how, you know, realistic he was the good, the bad of coming into Florida State. And they're, and they're going to tell you the truth on things. Yeah. There were a couple kids I've talked to that the, the same message has been like, you know, if you want to come here, you better work. You know, and, and, and you know, it's also been the same comments about how the coaching staff is, not going to sugarcoat things for you. They're going to mm-hmm. tell you the positives and negatives and the things that you do well and the things that you got to get better at. And, and you know, Kearney is someone that really appreciates that and, and understands that, you know, a coaching staff that does that probably gets you on campus is going to show you that tough love and, and that desire to, to make you a better person both on and off the field. So, you know, he, he's really digging Florida State right now. Um, going into the visit, you know, Florida State was probably at the top, and you know, this visit did nothing to change that. So, What but, else can you say about Alex Atkins, man? <laughs> that dude can recruit, mm-hmm. simply put. We're seeing what he's doing at offensive line. Just imagine when he gets more involved with skill players now that he's moving up the offensive coordinator. I think you're going to see some some nice results from Alex Atkins. He gets it done on the recruiting trail, and he's really developed a strong relationship with Kearney, like you both have mentioned. And I think that's a huge part in why Florida State is seemingly leading in this uh, recruitment right now. He mentioned Atkins likes him um, um, inside at either guard or center if he stays his current Mm -hmm. size, but if he continues to grow, they can see him outside at tackle as well. So Mm -hmm. it's just going to depend on how he fills out that frame. And I remember the quote, he he said, Atkins, uh, he doesn't tell me what I want to hear. He tells me what I need to hear. Mm -hmm. So that realness, keeping it real with guys, telling them straight up how you feel about their game, which we know Atkins, uh, that's really kind of his game plan, what he does, especially to some guys that are currently on the roster. Your Kanaya nah. mentioned it today yeah. during his introductory press conference, and I, I think I've mentioned on here before. He's told me during interviews, but first time Atkins ever saw his film, he he said that Kanaya sucked basically. But <laughs> they worked together. Um, he took some tips they learned from Atkins, and I mean, look at him now. He's an early enrollee, true freshman at Florida State, mm-hmm. and he's probably going to play a big role in that offensive line in the future once he develops. So. Just you've got to whatever you do, Florida State, whatever you do, Mike Norvell, keep Alex Atkins in Tallahassee. Pay him whatever the hell he wants because he'll get it done. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a GoFundMe created to try to add some extra uh, pay over there for Atkins. Yeah, and you're keeping on, on the O line, you know, Tommy Kinsler, mm-hmm. um, another offensive lineman that was in town, same, same kind of thing, you know, keeping it real. Tell, Tell me what I did do well. Tell me, tells me what I got to get better at. Um, again, leaves the visit with Florida State at the top of his list. You know that's going to be a Florida, Florida, well, State Florida, matter. Florida, and Florida State. This kind of yeah. he didn't say Florida State was at the top. No, no. What? No, he did. No, not to me. What? What well, did I, I miss? I, I talked to him. So I read your interview. I don't remember that being in there, buddy. Some things you don't put in there. 
What do I miss now? Then why are we saying Let's it? See what, <laughs> let's see what happens now. I believe Patrick's saying get Atkins a cigar NIL NIL deal. I think that's fantastic. I think that's a great idea. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. really too worried about NIL stuff, though. He might. But just he did mention good cigars. Florida and Florida State standing out. Nate, I know you put in his article that he and his family kind of grew up as Gator fans. Yeah. Um, that that's kind of the only factor that worries me. You know, it could well, be a, sure. a Jake Slaughter type of recruitment where yeah. he commits to Florida State and then, bam, he's gone as soon Man, as. And, and he goes to a school that is, you know, primarily known kids that go to Florida. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same high school, right? As Slaughter, yeah, same high school as Slaughter. <laughs> but he's a good player, though, man. Kinzo's a good player. Let's stick with it, though, Nate. Let's talk about Lucas Simmons, because this was one of the guys, frame wise, size wise, that really impressed me. He mentioned his interview afterwards: six foot seven, three quarters, two hundred and eighty-three mm-hmm. pounds, I believe, heading into his senior year. So this is a guy. He's already got the height. He's going to be packed. He's got a really well-built frame you can tell there's there's a lot of room for him to add more muscle more strength as time goes on i I think he could probably get up to he's 283 he could probably get up to around 320 and not really see much growth on that frame i feel like just because of how long he is and his wingspan Mm -hmm. and everything originally from switzerland so this is a national prospect that florida state is after and he also mentioned the coaching staff sitting down talking to coach atkins this was his first time really being at Florida State, speaking to the coaches like that. And the conversations just stood out to him. And he said right now, he didn't want to name a, a leader, but he said Florida State is pushing for him the hardest right now. That's mm-hmm. a kid I like a lot. That Who, who just offered him? Well, he looked that up anyways, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up. Yeah, so – yeah, you know, uh, uh, international kid that is massive, dude. Like he six eight is, is just is, is huge, and you know he can he, he can probably look at three thirty and look like he's three fifteen, like he's just that big of a dude. Um, so it, it, you have three to four guys that FSU is already identifying that they like on the offensive line, so. Mm-hmm. And that board's going to change, you know, as the season progresses. But you know, they've identified a handful of guys that they have 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 a lot of interest in. So, you know, Simmons, you look at him and and the way that Atkins can develop. You know, you're looking at a guy that could explode in college. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he's still newer to the game. You know, being uh, uh, an international kid, so. You know, he has, you know, he's not 6'8 and slow. You know, he's he got great feet and has all the tools that you look at for, for a kid that big going into college. So, And what about Dustin Adam Hopkins, a wide receiver, who talked to us and said that also Florida State's very high up there, if not the top school, really talented wide receiver, six foot 170. also mentioned Texas A&M and Jimbo trying to jump in there into that recruitment big right now. But it seems like he's got a great relationship with Florida State. Kind of came for a little bit, hung out with some of the recruits and staff and talked with the staff. But, you know, just felt, you know, just another day coming into the morn, being around uh, Florida State in the program. Yeah, like you said, he he pretty much named Florida State 
his leader after this visit. And man, that that wide receiver board for the 2023 class is is just so deep. There's so many guys that could eventually wind up committing to Florida State or, or could go elsewhere, just depend on how everything shakes out. But Hopkins, he's from right down the road in Thomasville, about 30 minutes away. He grew up a fan of Florida State. He's developed a pretty close relationship with Ron Dugans and Mike Norvell. Mentioned during the visit that Mike Norvell has been personally recruiting him to Tallahassee. And right now, you know, Florida State, I think they're standing out. We'll see how those visits to Texas A&M and some of the other contenders go. But as long as they can keep prioritizing Hopkins and, and getting him back on campus, which won't be much of an issue with distance, there, there's a good chance that he eventually winds up in this class. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if it ended up any other way. And hopefully, and, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, and hopefully, maybe Adam can uh, convince his teammate Gabe Harris to come on back too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then you look at uh, Lucas Simmons' teammate, twenty twenty four, Jason Zandamella, another another mm-hmm. foreign kid. You know, he's from South Africa. Um, played rugby growing up. He, he's six three, but he's got a six eleven wingspan. Which is Ooh. ridiculous, you know. Tuh. I mean, and he's a freshman. He's a twenty twenty four kid. Yep. Wow. So, I mean, it's freaks. Yeah. He's another kid that was born away, born away from his visit. Man, you know, first time getting on, on campus, and you know, guys like Simmons and, and Zendamala are, you know, being foreign, being foreign. You know, they're still learning the game of football. And they're still learning like what what recruiting is and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, those are two kids I expect to, you know, be a national this year and a national next year. So you know, they'll be big time kids. Yeah, that means that there's a ton of room in their game to grow with them yeah. just getting started in the sport right now and already showing the kind of potential that they have. So once they once they figure it out and they get a coach that can really instill in them, you know, the techniques that they need and get their bodies developed in a college strength and conditioning program. Mm-hmm. Sky is the limit. Yeah. Six, three with a six, 11 wingspan is asinine. Mm-hmm. Patrick's asking, are we recruiting Hopkins as a receiver or corner? Heard, heard he could play either. I think Plays he's an both. athlete right now. I, 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 he I, mentioned I that in an interview. Didn't he Dustin when we were there? Yeah, he did. I, I he, said, he's a, he said receiver. He's a, I think he's a kid you just figure out once you get to get to campus. Mm-hmm. I know he plays both um, right now at the high school level, and he, he plays both ways at, at a pretty high level. So I think he could mm-hmm. eventually, you know, switch positions at the next level if necessary. But from what he said, he wants to play receiver, and Florida State is recruiting him at receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cam Davis also there. I know it's a year away, but 2024 running back commit Cam Davis, who I think is – Extremely talented, and you got to hold on to him as much as you He's can. He's a beast. <laughs> yeah, no, he he has a lower voice than any of us on here, which is weird. I mean, we've had him on the show too, and I was like, "What in the world is going on here? What is he eating?" But Whenever he I get on the smiles. phone with Cam, I feel like I have to start speaking deeper. I'd be like, "Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, for sure." Like I got to turn my voice up or down. That's tough, you man. Put it. It's tough, man. It, it, it'll change just when you hit puberty, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, twenty-seven yeah. still hasn't hit it. When your balls drop, it, it'll. Well, when I'm talking to a sixteen-year-old, that sounds like a forty-five-year-old. I mean, what do you want me to do? He sounds like you, Nate. 
Actually, he's got a deeper voice than you. Put it like that. Yeah, he does. I've talked to him. It's, cra- it's crazy. Mm-hmm. He's built he, like a, a grown ass man. You know, already over six foot, probably in that two ten to two twenty range. Um, a lot of muscle on his frame for a guy that still has two years of high school football left. He's built like Dalvin was. He might even he, he might be bigger than Dalvin by the time I, it's all I, said I, and I done. I think he's got a bigger base. Yeah. You know, you know, I know people make fun of Dalvin Cook's legs all the time, you know. <laughs> you know? Seems to be They're like Logan's. Yes. Oh, I'll take it. Yeah. Pro bowler, <laughs> you know, not violent that multi million dollar man guy, you know. Shout out to Dalvin, too, going back to number four jersey. You happy, VZ? Another jersey for you to add to the collection, baby. Just extremely happy. I, I cannot wait because 33 is an ugly number in the Vikings uniforms. Just the way the horns look, it's just not a good number. Didn't you pick Dude, that number? They're too horny. Didn't you pick that they're for a reason? I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look why he chose it. He should have gone with 24 because 24 looks good with, with the Vikings. So I, don't, I don't know why he went 33. I'd have to go look. Spratics. No one cares what Logan said. Things. Move on. Everybody cares. Everybody cares <laughs> so much. Hey, Nate, I forgot to mention that. Well, you weren't here, but at the at the game, we texted you and said those two girls. I know. Shouted out boneless buddies while we were there. I, I, and it I, I, me I off. was going to bring it up, man. You see, pissed me off. You see the name change, man. <laughs> yeah. I can't see it right now. Oh. There you go. There you go. We'll hide uh, it again, though. I, I have a. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I've talked. Trying to talk to one person about putting a graphic together. Oh my goodness! You, you think I'm joking? And <laughs> Look for 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 like an hour and a half, I did like a um an i one of those Apple Movie things, like I did before. Oh God, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the way the one I have looks right now. So, but this is it's tremendous, dude. Don't mute your mic, Dustin, when you're laughing. That adds extra good sound, content. I sound stupid because of how hard I'm laughing. Just laughing his ass off in the back. He's over there comment. working. He's working on his own like motion picture. He's building a campaign. <laughs> well, yeah, he's building his campaign. So, 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 twenty twenty two. By the end of twenty twenty two, boneless buddies is going to be a staple of this podcast. Like instead of NG, it's going to have like maybe underneath it, it's going to have BP. It's gonna, no, no, it's it gonna be NG, but underneath it's gonna be boneless buddies. Well, you gotta, you gotta provide. Hopefully, either Hobbit renews a sponsorship, or we gotta find some place with yeah. boneless. That's the only yeah. way that we yeah, can we, put it on we, the we, show we, and brand we, it. We, we can even get you know Hobbit in because Hobbit has great, great. I've never, t- I've never had. I can't say that they're great. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty great. I, you know, I almost went against myself there. I almost went mm-hmm. against myself. But yeah, if when I were to think Hobbit's got, they're probably having good promote chicken nuggets a delicacy with sauce on like boneless wings. Yeah. Why not talk about it? You know, true delicacy. But, but wh- whoever those females are, I appreciate their earlier support. Females. Those shirts will be out, and, and, and you know, the, the the goal is by the football season to to see them at at Dolt Campbell. I love how you said those females. females. It is shocking that there are they, women. They, there. We have a lot be... of we have a lot of ladies followers. I was at yep. the gym and she follows uh, the podcast too. I'm like, what is we, we've got some yep. great lady listeners. So shout out to uh, ladies. Other too. podcasts have their own their own tent at, at Dope Campbell during game day. We need to have our own tent. We're gonna set and, up and, something. And we will have merchandise featuring <laughs> bonus buddies. This is going to happen. Well, 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 
Uh, I'll be there for it. As long as I can get some free food out of it, um, sign me up. Spreadaxo is asking, breakout transfer, I've got Jared Verse. I feel like that's like an easy answer, but I'm all in on Verse. Definitely after being able to sit back and interview him too. So Verse for me. Uh, there was another uh, question on here. Oh, there's my camera. Hope everybody enjoys that. Uh, Patrick's asking, do y'all think the NIL can help Cam stay in Tallahassee instead of him possibly going pro in baseball? He's a really talented baseball guy, too. I think he wants to play football, though. I mean, both, obviously, but... I think he wants to experience both in college. Um, I, I think for him to consider baseball, he, he'd have to be like a day one you know, first-round draft pick. So... I think, yeah, speaking, you know, I think he's talented in baseball. You know, I, I think football is his uh, feature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking about Cam, um, following his visit this past weekend, he, inter- or he talked to the media before he uh, left for the day to head back home. Got a couple questions about his recruitment, said that he's, he's locked in with Florida State. Nothing is going to change that. Um, he was asked by someone – what if Alabama offers? And he just said, no, sir. Meaning you know, not nothing's going to change. And they were like, uh, what if the MLB comes calling? No, sir. And he in the interview, he went on to say that he plans to play both football and baseball at Florida State, obviously. And we expect him to do that at, at a pretty high level. And just from everything this kid says, he doesn't really seem to be someone that's very interested in the recruiting process. It seems like he's made his decision and he's going to stick to it unless there's some type of major major change. Another guy that grew up a Florida State fan got locked in early. And I talk about Chris Parson as a bell cow in this 2023 class. I think Cam Davis and Jordan Pride are going to be playing that role moving forward for 2024. Uh, can, can, can we talk about you know how – Nauseating is going to be that every good player that's coming to the FSU is it's going to be compared to Travis Hunter and his recruitment. And you know, I mean, come on, your man. friend Dion, man, keep it PG there. Here, Lance, right here on the screen, he said, Prime says he wants Davis. What you going to do? LOL, laugh, laugh out loud, just like I will when people are like, Chris Parsons going to Jackson State. No, he's yeah. not. Oh, Dustin's gonna come fighting on that hill all day long. So I already said if Chris so, Parson so de- if Chris Parson decommits, I'll quit no game day and become the next greatest rapper on the scene. So be ready for that. I was thinking that you're gonna be the best Jackson State beat reporter. <laughs> yeah, you're going to join Dion. <laughs> he, he he will start his own Jackson State podcast. Yeah. For a year at least. Go Tigers. Uh, yeah, so yeah, man. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't get Nate riled up on this. Tonight's night. He's already had a hangover. Or not a hangover, but a well, I have a migraine hangover, yes. Okay, well, see, look at That's that. That's a real I thing. Right I was right. I was right on that. I mean, uh, you know, and, and, you know, shout out to the staff for the idea of, of doing smaller, you know, smaller groups. That stuff, that stuff pays off, man. Mm-hmm. You know, almost. almost Per, you know, to each recruit, you know, they they talked about either their family, like that aspect of having some more one on one time, or they or or the, they also or they liked it 
the fact that they could have, you know, a, a little bit more focused visit with the coaches. So, yeah, like you said, there's probably about 25, 30 guys there. And just to not be overwhelmed with, you know, hundreds of prospects from different classes rolling in and rolling out, it, it felt like Florida State was able to give each guy uh, a good amount of their attention. You had the whole staff walking out to welcome in, welcome, welcome in most of the guys um, as they arrived and everything. And just from a scheduling point, it seemed like everything went well. You had guys coming in, guys rolling out all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, he, and then Chris Parson, if you guys want to go check that out, he just dropped his journal that he wrote with us on Sunday morning. So you guys can go check out that great, great info there. A little bit behind the scenes of his visit, his recruitment, and he'll continue to do that. And we'll get more of him and his workouts and getting through the spring and obviously his senior season, which will be huge for him, but some really good insight there. And I think some people should just go read it for the last couple paragraphs there detailing exactly what we were just talking about there saying, I don't care what you're saying on social media. I'm hundred percent locked in. So I should should have trademarked the idea of a, of a recruiting journal or whatever. When I did that with, with Lonnie Lonnie. way back in the day, you should have done. Now you've given it off to Dustin. I mean, look at this. Well, what you've done, Nate. Warchant tried it, and and that was a bust because no one wants to talk to them. But um, (laughs) I didn't. It's the path of it. It's it's true. Yeah, I'm not. Chris Parson, I think, was rocking the NG shirt too. Didn't even plan any of that. Rocking the NG shirt Mm -hmm. uh, during the majority. I thought we were going to get in trouble. I was. I was worried. (laughs) Wow, we haven't get. Oh, we like they're gonna come say no game day get out of here like, what y'all doing? <laughs> yeah no rocking some ng merch during the visit definitely appreciate the family's awesome so um yeah yeah great visit uh there's vis- maybe some quick mentions too before we move on real quick because we're kind of going through slowly here but visits this upcoming weekend d lou uh starting on saturday yeah actually you've got a visitor coming in tomorrow um, 2022 defensive end Jack Pyburn, who we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Florida State's been involved. They haven't offered yet. Um, he's coming off, I believe, an official visit to Auburn. It was, yeah, I think he's, it was been, he's been to Miami and Auburn back to back. Yeah. Yesterday he named a top two of those two schools, Miami and Auburn. But regardless, I reached out. I was seeing if Florida State still has a shot. This morning he confirmed that he'll be at Florida State on Friday around one o'clock for a visit. He's going to come in, meet with the coaching staff, um, probably, you know, get measured and everything, get, get his size. And then he's going to watch a tour of duty workout as well. So we'll see if that materializes into an offer from Florida state at the very least, they're kicking the tires to get him on campus to see if he is a possible take. And uh, from his tweet, I think he's committing on either the 28th or, or the 29th. So Florida state, if they do offer, they could potentially have the last visit in this recruitment. Mm-hmm. But other than that, on Saturday, for uh, so far, you'll have 2023 defensive lineman Darren Reed and 2023 offensive tackle Kelton Smith in Tallahassee. Both of those guys, who I'm sure most people know, um, went to Carver High School. They were teammates of Elijah Pritchett. I'm sure that name rings a bell. Um, mm-hmm. Pritchett obviously committed to <laughs> Alabama over Florida State, even though Florida State put in 
a heck of a battle in that recruitment. But regardless, now we're moving on to the next class. And Reed and Smith are probably two of the top targets at their respective positions on the board. I think Florida State likes them both a lot and really interested to hear what they both have to say this weekend. Reed in particular has been to Florida State many times and he visited during the season for a couple games, actually watched Florida State play up in Clemson when he was on a visit in Death Valley. And this is a kid that has developed a special relationship uh, with, with Odell Hagens. Sweet deal. So good. Good another weekend ahead. Florida State and recruiting. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't have the the docket, but um, mm-hmm. what, what was Ryan Bartow being out, out and about recruiting? Was that on there? Didn't didn't have that on there, but I know that's been a big discussion all over the social medias and the discords. Mm-hmm. Has it? It's been kind of squashed. I mean, it's not as inter- it's not as juicy or interesting that, as anyone it's not the Marv. to make it's, it out to be. It's not the Marv dealio. I think it's not the Marv vibe. I feel like. But Twitter, FSU Twitter will make it to be that way, absolutely. Oh, FSU all the fans on Twitter will make a trash yeah, be, bag controversial. Because they want that they want that change so badly that any little hint <laughs> of anything would uh, well, just like that. sorry to interrupt you, Nate, but just like the same thing with Marv, you know, people instantly caught wind of him being pulled off the trail and were like, Oh, he got fired or whatever. And then then you know he ended up going to Virginia Tech. So I get it. You know, you see those little whispers. You want to follow it and see what it turns into. But I think this one's a bunch of nothing. Let's discuss before. I mean, VZ's biting at the bit to get to this Duke game and talk about it. He is fucking like just sweating over there. We got to get to this as soon as possible. But before can, we do that, let's... before can, can I mention that? I think it was VZ that laughed out loud on our. No, no. I, I want to get this right because you said the final score was going to be like 86 to three. Like, like you usually no, do. Like, no, 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 about no. In, in our chat, I said 76, 71 FSU. That was it, fine. I didn't laugh at that one. I laughed at your first one, which was like, it was legitimately like 86, 24 or something stupid. <laughs> Duke? No, Florida State. No, Florida State. Oh, oh. I, I was off a little bit in that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a tad. We'll talk about it off. in a minute. We'll talk yeah. about it in a minute. Uh, there was some Florida State players that had some interviews. I thought just to mention here, Aaron Hester, who I think is already a pretty impressive guy coming in as a true freshman early and early, mentioned in an interview today with the media saying that he's already put on 10 pounds since arriving. It's only been a few weeks, but he's put on 10 pounds, which a guy who's already coming in with some good size, like I mentioned. The James Storm pretty, sucks, though. Yeah, Coach Storms is awful, right? He just really, really sucks just because Toa Philly hasn't put on 40 pounds. Coach Storm sucks. And Storms, if you're listening to this, you don't actually come on the pod. And and then we do want you on the pod so then we can answer these fans out there that are. I need a weightlifting plan. Yeah, we're going to give Dustin a plan. I think what would be be great content. uh, What would be great content, Nate, is have me go there. I build my legs with Coach Storms, with Coleman there, also Lanier Coleman. And then, uh, and then Dustin gets a workout plan where his is just, you know, getting in shape, conditioning, and one, to get, one day to get of tour duty. Anti, the, the anti-gravity treadmill because, man, my knees. <laughs> anti-gravity. These things anti-gravity. are shot. Well, supposedly that thing is, like, tremendous. Put me in, coach. The anti-gravity treadmill. Apparently that thing is just, like, never experienced one, but apparently those things are tremendous. 
We're going to get to this question here in a minute because we've definitely got this docket here. Don't worry. We're going to get to the Miami offensive coordinator discussion here in just a minute. But let's go over. Purdy ends up picking Nebraska. Nebraska over there uh, had visited Pittsburgh also um, along with Oklahoma. We got to see videos Mm -hmm. or videos, pictures of he and his family with Venables there, the new head coach with the Sooners from Clemson. But he ends up picking Nebraska. I know that you, you know, had a relationship there, Nate, with mm-hmm. Purdy. You know, yeah, uh, I, I'm happy for the kid. Mm-hmm. You know that he, you know, is able to land on his feet at, at, at another Power Five conference school. Um, you know, for for him, it just didn't work out. You know, um, you know, we've talked about. I'm not going to put the business out there. We've talked about it, you know, amongst yeah. ourselves. Um, you know, sometimes things don't don't work out, and and sometimes a change of scenery can can be the thing that makes it all come together. So, you know, it, it's not about ability with, with, with Chuba. You know, the the time that we saw him play, I don't think he looked bad at all. Um, so, it, you know, Scott Frost has done pretty good, pretty good with quarterbacks. So. Uh, that, that that'll be that'll be one I um I pay attention to. So, you know, Chubb and I exchanged a couple text messages when he committed. Um, you know, he he, you know, holds no will to FSU. You know, it's a business decision. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I I, I wish you could have a lot of luck. So. Another quick hitter here, Jordan Eubanks, Florida State linebacker. He entered the transfer portal um, last month. Um, was it last month? I think it was late December. I think it was, yeah, it, it was like mid late December. Oh. He entered, entered the portal. Okay. Okay. But he entered transfer portal and he announced today that he's transferring over to university of Nevada over in Las Vegas. So best of luck to him over there. Uh, this question coming from Patrick earlier asking Dustin, if he had turned down the offensive coordinator position, to join Mario Cristobal's staff. Uh, any word on that, Dustin? Maybe, maybe that's why you've been silent a little bit the last week or so with us, maybe. Oh, but I mean, uh, You just don't pay me enough, man. So at this point, I'm uh, looking for side work. I'm looking for anything I can get to try and pay these bills because, man, it's I, an I, issue. I, You're about to so, become a rapper, so I mean, I'm so, just so the real question is – I hope it, not. It, it, I know. I hope not. Sorry. I just, like, reversed that backwards. So, so it, don't it, say it, that. If, if Chris Parsons watching, you know – Maybe he needs to go ahead on and address on, on Twitter. You know, is Dustin recruiting him silently to Miami? We can go together. I mean, it, no. it's a whoa. It's a two. It's a two way deal. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured out though. So the timeline matches. Um, Tate Martell um, retires from football, <laughs> and, 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 yep. and you know when when that OC job business is business venture. Yeah. How do you retire from playing a total of like seven minutes of college football? <laughs> he needed one less drop of cloud. Then I retired then. I retired in yeah. high school then. We all retired at that at that take. But yeah, Kendall Bryles turns down seemed like the second time in a row said no and no. Why, why, why no. would he leave why would he leave Arkansas who seems like they're you know their their upward trajectory is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, because um, you have had, to live in Arkansas. 
Yeah, and they they have some. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you know, they ha- they have some some talent coming back next year, and you know, Pittman's one of the better um, coaches in the country. Um, Mario Cristobal, who um, is a good recruiter, but you know, it's still highly questionable him as a uh, a coach. So I think it would be like. Willie Taggart part two for 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 Kendall Bryles. Why would why would he put himself in in that situation again? I will say though, I, I respect Mario Cristobal's approach. Uh, you know, just because he gave him midget the, the offensive line coach job. He's yep. done a really good job down there. What yep, so, you say? The what? Their offensive he, line coach is a midget. He's four foot three. So, so I just yeah. respect his ability to go outside the box and so and it makes sense, Dustin, to go after <laughs> to that. That Tate Martell is going to be the the offensive coordinator. No, they're going to have to put him at defensive coordinator because no one would expect it. Hmm. Don't you find it interesting though that Miami and all their infinite um, bottomless dollars that they now supposedly have, yeah, are, that's kind of disappeared. Are, are weeks away from spring practice and don't have an offensive or defensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. Also, one DB your, coach too, right? Yeah, yeah. You want your your top, almost your to top Alabama. defensive assistant going to Alabama? Yep, yeah, they're the one that they all genuflected about when they landed him, talking about how you know Dade County's on lockdown. Blah 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 blah. The same bullshit. Yeah, he left here. less than a year later. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Nick Saban comes calling, and it's like, okay, I'm out, deuces. So, yeah, um, the longer that goes on, the better. Yeah, maybe no. you know, maybe Mario Cristobal is not a desired head coach to coach with. Maybe some of that is just becoming a reality. Benjamin's coming up with a great idea here on YouTube. Why not make Slick Willie as offensive coordinator? He's running out of options. Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, have to bring in Pimp. Yeah, yeah bring in Pimp. I, 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 I mean, Pimpleton's already down there now. I mean, he's already down there at FAU. It'd be a quick, easy move over for him. Yeah. Just Uber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Tough, tough scenes down there in Coral Gables. Well, I wish them the best of luck. Uh, just not a really good last couple of days for them on the on the social medias uh and i put in here acres is back bitches sorry for my language but that was in the docket um and i just said what i saw and wrote earlier but acres is back um not gonna take any away from from buddha baker and getting ran the getting ran you know you know now that that is good he's fine everything's good and i don't put your head down he got but he got ran up over don't put your head down he got he got ran up over, I mean, does does Acres look faster to you guys or something? I don't know. I I, I just think that he's he's fresh. You know, a lot of these guys it looks like are, the season just started. For you know, him. a lot of these guys are 17, 18 weeks into the into the season. You know, you know that is going to be a very um, interesting thing to watch with, with the Ram offense. That you know, you have Cam Akers, who by all accounts was going to take the next step this season and have a great second year he's fresh for the playoffs and he looks like he's had no injury but um Wild, man you know he had what 40, 40 yards of, of of rushing that were called back 
because of penalties. He had two or three lo- long runs that were called back because of holes or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. he looked tremendous, man. Like he looked really good, and I love to see it because that kid deserves. That kid deserves it. You know, uh, he deserves everything that he he can possibly get. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it before, man. Cam Akers is a medical miracle to tear your Achilles, your Achilles in July, and to be back playing professional football in the middle of January. Six months later. Not even six months. I mean, it's just unheard of the way that he recovered and rehabbed and is now back, back healthy enough to be able to play pro football. I mean, shit, most guys are just starting to get back on the field at this point and starting to cut again and everything, and he's yep. over there running people over. Durant was people. out for, what, a, a year? Mm-hmm. Other basketball assisties, though. Yep. Sorry, Austin. No, but it's like – it's. I think I, – I don't think we got the full story. I still think there's either – it was either a partial tear or there's – It had to be a like, partial there, there's tear. There's no way it was a full mm-hmm. tear like it was with Durant's. Like, there's just yep. no way. To come back in six months, there's just no but way. still – you know? I mean, it's still it's still amazing. I'm not discrediting Cam at all. There's just there's, there's no way. <laughs> there's no and, way and, that and, it was just back in six months. See those videos of the mic'd up players that you know, even guys who are great athletes in in, in, them, in of themselves, your dog, um, <laughs> you know, great athletes that are just amazed by what what he's done. So you know, I, I, I'm rooting for the Rams. So I want to see Cam. You know, Cam do something big, man. I want to see him do something big. And the biggest, Ram. the biggest part of it to me is you can see the speed, you can see the acceleration, you can see the cutting. But for him to have torn that Achilles six months ago, and now back having the the mental confidence mm-hmm. to be able to play like that, trust his body like that. I mean, like I said before, it's just otherworldly. Honestly, I haven't seen anything anything like this in a minute. I thought it was crazy whenever Adrian Peterson came back a yep. couple years ago in like nine months from the ACL, people mm-hmm. thought that was insane, but less than six months from an Achilles. It was NFL MVP, you know? Yeah. You know? NFL MVP it's, 2000. It's unheard yards. of. Literally carried that team to the playoffs because no offense, but Christian Ponder didn't play that yeah, quarterback he, that year. He, he, you know, he's another alien, you know, AP, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Jalen Ramsey too. Uh, the Rams look Look like they're a solid team. I always thought Stafford uh, was a really talented quarterback. Just need to leave the Detroit. Any player needs to leave Detroit as soon as possible. But you know, he went kind of through a slump there in midseason, into the late half. But I think that chemistry now with OBJ clicking can only help. And they've got some two stud running backs with Cam Akers and Sony Michelle right now. So they're yeah. and and defense. I mean, if if you got things going and clicking on the offensive side of things, the defense is going to take care of itself. So um, Rams by double digits this weekend. The, yeah, the, 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 the defense. Tom Brady. I don't give a. You know, know, that, I know there's a lot of Bucks fans in here, but not, uh, I, down you know, here, in the, you already in the, got one. Down here in the Tampa area, man. You know, everyone was was, you know, pumping their chest and being all happy. Yeah, you know, with ready. the way that the defense played last year in that playoff run. Now, when I told them, you know, you got to watch the Rams and their defense, man. You know, that, that's the difference making the playoffs. You know, as long as Matt Stafford doesn't make a stupid mistake, you know, that's going to be a really competitive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jameis also, recovery-wise, man, there was a video that 
his trainer released of him, you know, getting back into the groove of actually doing some dropbacks in the facility where he was doing his rehab. And it looks good. It's crazy how the development is. But I mean, this trainer had 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 past previous time working with Drew Brees, Michael Jordan, um, Charles Buckley. I mean, Charles Barkley. Barkley. Oh, my God. What? I thought of Terrell Buckley. <laughs> I thought of Terrell Buckley out of nowhere, so I combined both of them together and just completely like blew up my brain. I was like, No, I like you should have seen my eyes. I was like, Oh no, I'm about to screw up. I'm about to say something stupid here. <laughs> Charles Buckley. Yeah, Charles Barkley and a whole lot of other All right, time to talk basketball. Games. Okay, awesome. You're but saying. yeah, I know. I mean he is his face is getting as close as he can now to the webcam. And it's time to let them loose. You got to go through the Syracuse. I know that we can't walk over the Syracuse one. You have to make that I, I one quick because about, people are here for the Duke. Let's just save the best for last because UNF's going to take 10 seconds. Um, yeah, UNF got hot from three because Florida State was tired. Um, Florida State turned it over too many times, but you still walk out of there with an 86-73 win. Um, really, the only thing that came out of it was me and Tomahawk Nation apparently having beef now. So it is what it is. Um, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't just go so, right over so, that. So, Tom, so someone tweeted from their page that oh, Florida State didn't win by 23. They only won by 13. This is a bad win. Um, so I, I get where they're coming from with the NCAA's evaluating tool, a.k.a. net. Um, there is a margin of victory factor and there is an efficiency factor. The margin of victory factor caps out at 10. The, the big thing is the efficiency. And because UNF shot so well from three and Florida State turned it over so many times against a really bad UNF team. I mean, UNF came into this game four and 14. Um, I'm ignoring that comment. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Someone in the comments. Sorry. Sorry, Austin. Someone in the comments. No, it's fine. And Dustin's it's, background is looking like a real third world country. Dustin it's fine. But, Haiti. Sorry, go ahead. Because Florida State didn't play well and there was certain stats that didn't look great, that's going to hurt them more than the actual result uh, than winning by 13. And, you know, I called him out for it, and Logan's muted, so I don't know what he's trying to say. Sorry. So we're going after, like, crazy nerdy stats shit? Is that what we're Yeah, it, it's, it's real nerd basketball stuff. That's Which I mean, you do this. you do have then, your nerd stuff too. You and then and then they started subtweeting me, so you know it, it is what it is. They subtweet. We didn't even hear about this, man. Nothing. Yeah. In group chat. You were just taking it solo, it solo the, uh, like that. What they say? The, uh, what they say? Get your get your damn camera on, sissy. I'm in From Haiti. Damn, you're in Haiti. <laughs> damn, that's where you've been this whole time. Put you on your webcam, and we, we didn't even see the subtweeting going on. We love that kind of stuff. It's fun. Uh, so someone I won't say who. It's yeah, probably, it's probably. Um, Pretty simple to figure out. They said, if someone is telling you margin of victory doesn't matter, they don't understand how teams are selected for the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll just leave that there. Hey, I, I, I trust VZ. Best so, like, yeah, margin of, I did not say margin of victory does not matter. Like, that is not what I'm saying at all. Like, mm -hmm. so-and-so is implying. Once you get above that 10-point margin, it – it matters very, very, very little. It's such a minuscule difference. Once the difference between thirteen and thirty-five, a win is a win. Like they're complaining about thirteen-point win on thirty-six hours of rest. Like this was going to happen if you didn't see that coming. It was. I. I don't know what you want. Honestly, mm -hmm. this is like your perfect, you know, college football trap game. Short, yeah. short tur turnaround in between Duke and Miami. Dramatic, emotional game at twelve. Oh, yeah. yeah, at twelve o'clock on a Thursday. I'd emotionally physically taxing 
game Tuesday overtime. night. Goes in over, yeah, goes in overtime. overtime. We're leaving there. The guys aren't leaving until probably midnight. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, but but yeah, but by I, the time they get showered, do media. Oh yeah, the game ended at eleven thirty. They got interviews. Yeah. They got a shower. Do everything. They got... <laughs> yeah, they're not getting out there until twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. I know that firsthand. You know, yeah, you D. I already get everything cleaned up. Yeah. Um, what did you say? Yeah, to me for because so, I was VZ was backing me up there. So and, had, and, I, wasn't, then, I, I wasn't saying anything about that. I was saying it was crazy to me that they even had the spread at uh, minus twenty two and a half. I, I yeah, that was it up and saw that, and I was like, I, Do you I, pay attention I, to college basketball? I saw that and I'm like, I'm if I was a betting man, I'm absolutely taking UNF plus twenty two. Not because I think they're gonna win, but there's just there's there was no reasonable expectation for Florida State to win by twenty, no matter who they're playing. And it would have been a twenty point game if UNF's three point shooting today hadn't been um unsustainable. They shot fifty eight percent. Granted, they were down their two best scorers, but two of their worst shooters. Um Jose Placer, or however you say his last name, I, I keep forgetting. Um, he was only shooting 28% from three on the season. And Carter Hendrickson, who's a pretty good player, was only shooting 31%. So that opens up for what the heck is his name? Hicklin, who is already a 39% three-point shooter. Now he's got a full green light because he has no one in front of him. And he just goes crazy. And he was in tough shots. I mean, there were he was having bodies fly at him a couple of times. There was a couple of times Florida State over-rotated and then didn't rotate enough. You know, there was some of that, like there was in the Duke game, which we'll talk about um, after Syracuse. Um there's some of that, but you know, I expected Florida State to have dead legs. I think everyone did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, worried about. Not that. to mention being focused on Saturday. Yeah, which again, we'll we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, yeah. Go, going into the Duke game, you, you go up to Syracuse. You know, they they land up in New York, and it's five degrees. Um, mm. Then you find out Malik Osborne's not playing. Um, he's in a boot in street clothes. And you're like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Here we go. It's about a second Syracuse loss is coming, which would be which would be a bad loss, another bad loss, because Syracuse hasn't been that great this season. I think they're ten and nine right now. Um, I'd have to go back and double check, but you walk out of there with a win in the Carrier Dome, which is not easy to do if, if you followed Florida State and Syracuse's history. Um, Caleb Mills was eating the zone alive, nineteen points on just nine shots. Um, Raekwon Evans was great, 15 points. And then Wyatt Wilkes showed up for the first time all season. Um, 11 points, hit three threes. And Florida State just shot the lights out in that game. They shot 60%, 12 of 20 on threes, which is absolutely an anomaly for this team. I think it's fair to say they're not a good three-point shooting team right now. Um, but they needed that kind of performance because they only won by five. It took every single basket to make that to get that win and they got what they needed in a win in the carrier dome to, to set up a huge matchup against Duke. Yep. That was huge. That was a big one. Adds on to all the ACC. I mean, now you're fine. Well, we'll talk about it, but now it really puts you up there in the top of the ACC. Yeah. And to, to get three straight wins, you know, going into Duke game, you have some confidence, you know, you just saw Miami beat Duke, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So you have confidence that, Hey, we, we can go beat this team. And that sets up the stage Tuesday night. Number six, Duke comes into Tallahassee for a while there. It, for a while there in the second half, especially, it looked like Florida State was going to run away with it. You know, the first half was very back and forth. Uh, Duke went in the locker room, I think, up five at the break because Florida State had a meltdown the last minute, thirty seconds mm-hmm. of the half. You know, you entered that Wake Forest Duke game territory, which I don't know if anyone else watched that game, but it, it was the exact same kind of game. First half was very back and forth. Duke goes on a Big stretch right before halftime. Then coming out of the break, Duke just lit it up from three. And they before you know, it's a 20-point game instead of six. 
Mm-hmm. Florida State comes out of the locker room, and they're the ones that set the tone, especially defensively. Um, and on the offensive glass, you know, you had that that uh, sequence where Naheem had four offensive rebounds on the same play. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it set the tone for the rest of that half. Florida State took it huge, hugely in that game. And I think they were up 59 to 50 with like six, seven minutes left. Then Duke goes zone, which they, sh- they should have done a lot sooner. A lot sooner because Florida State was doing pretty well against their man defense. They go zone. Florida State only makes one field goal the rest of the way while, while they're in zone. Duke comes back, takes a lead at one point. Everyone's starting to think, oh, God, here we go. Florida State <laughs> collapsing. Yeah. What, how is this team going to respond? Then Coach K outsmarts himself on the timeout. You know, Florida State calls a timeout with, I forget what it was, 11 seconds left. Um. They go back to man-to-man defense. Raekwon Evans gets the switch against potential number one pick Paolo Bancaro and finishes with the craziest layup finish that you can see uh, over the top of both him and Mark Williams, who had three blocks. And if you go back to the game before that, Mark Williams had eight blocks against NC State. So incredibly tough finish from a guy that's really played well the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, That that was that was awesome. Just it's kind of like the storyline for him this season, but for him to hit that and the place going wild out, at least from us being able to be there, that environment was absolutely wild. I mean, it was loud. The student section was roaring and everything, but man, the other side of the bowl too, where we were sitting D I mean, that place was all on their feet. I mean, just screaming and screaming. The environment was awesome. But go ahead. I just kind of wanted to give a feeling for people in, that were inside of the tuck. Now, then you get to overtime, and it is—it's all Caleb Mills. F- Florida State had 12 points in overtime, and eight of them were Mills. I, I tweeted the video of the three-pointer he hit with a minute left. Um, that's as confident of a shot as you will ever see a player take and make. You know, he was four of 16 from the field entering that shot. You know, a minute left. Duke had just made a basket to go up to. He steps into a three in transition, nails it. You go up. What was it? 77, 76, I believe. Just something like that. The guts on that shot are impressive. Um, he was phenomenal in that overtime sequence. He 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 was he wasn't great throughout the stretch of the game. And, you know, it's just one of those guys that he has the confidence to make to take that shot, and the staff has the confidence in in him. Um, he had really struggled all game, especially with layups. You know, he was getting there with ease, just wasn't finishing. Um, really, as a team, Florida State wasn't finishing at the rim. I think they were nine of nineteen on layups. You know, if if you make half of those misses, Florida State wins by ten. It was just one of those games that Florida State had to do all the dirty work. You know, they had 19 offensive rebounds, the most Duke has given up in almost six years. Um, They turned Duke over uh, 15 times and only had five themselves. You know, Duke came into the game as one of the 10 best teams in the country taking care of the ball. You know, if you're going to miss 46 shots, I think it was, if you're going to grab 19 offensive rebounds, and that's a 40% offensive rebound, right? You're going to turn Duke over on 22% of their possessions. It's a good way to win. Um, there's still things they got. They still things they got to work on, um, especially zone offense, like like we saw today against UNF. Um, still, still got to get better at that. Got to hit the three better. Um, they're four of nine in the first half against Duke, but then just one of twelve in the second half. There's still things they got to improve on. But now you're looking at a team after this UNF game that's won five straight games, four in a row in the conference, and then now sets up a date against Miami on Saturday for first place in the ACC. For a team that we were talking about not even a month ago, saying they got issues to figure out, it's a quick turnaround. It's a really, really quick turnaround. They're they're really starting to grow up. 
So, well, remember so, what you said, right? Sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. Nate. But at the beginning of the season, you were like, at the end of January, we'll know what this team is. And here we are on the cusp of a six-game winning streak. And heck, who knows, possibly a top 25 spot on, on Monday when the rankings come out. And here's the thing. If you beat Miami on Saturday, the schedule really eases up. You know, you go to Georgia Tech on Wednesday, who's one of the three worst teams in the conference. You get Virginia Tech at home, who's an analytical darling, but they suck. Um, I, I don't understand why they're top 40 in both Kempom and net rankings. Um, you go at Clemson, who just lost to Boston College at home. Um mm-hmm. And you get Wake Forest at home, who's due one from us, and then you get Pitt at home. That's your next five games after Miami. So if you beat Miami on Saturday, you have a you have a chance to really, really set the tone for, for the rest of conference play. Um, Co- Coach Hamilton had been saying we'll find out what this team is in February. I I'd been saying, as Dustin mentioned, we'll find out at the end of January. Here we are, January twentieth. Um, we're starting to figure out this team, but Saturday is going to be a tough test. You know. So you, you think Miami comes out in zone? <laughs> yeah, I'd be shocked if they're not playing zone, um, <laughs> especially because they have depth issues. You know, zone really helps those kind of teams because they don't have to do as much on defense. Um, I'd be shocked if they don't come out in zone. Um, and Florida State's going to try and limit the pace again, like like they did last last week in that game. Um, Sixty-two possessions in that game tied a season low for Miami, and it's a big reason why they lost that game. Then you look at this last game that Miami played against North Carolina, where they beat the living crap out of North Carolina, um, 85 to 57. Um, they're coming in wanting something to prove against Florida State. They, they want that game back. Um, and both teams need the win because as bad as the ACC is, there's not a lot of chances to gain quality wins. Um, this, this is a Q1 chance for Florida State, the second of the week. And after this, there's only three more in the season. So... I'm not going to say it's a must win, but it's kind of a must win. It's time to ride, baby. Well, the women's team just lost to Miami 59-52, to so maybe Florida State, the men's can Yeah, hopefully it's a a sacrificial lamb. Women's team team can win. (laughs) That's messed up. That's messed up, (laughs) BZ. Curtis Curtis is in here saying that people need to talk about FSU hoops more, but this is why BZ's here. This is, this is why I write 1,400-word previews for 40 people to read them. <laughs> yeah. Well, Curtis might be one of those readers right there. I, ho- so I hope he is. Tell him to stick I, around. I, I think I talk more about Florida State basketball than anyone else, especially on Twitter. Hey, Austin, oh, yeah. I, 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 I give you a click. I don't read it, but I, I, I give you a click just to open it up. So you can, I won't read it. Just to pad your numbers for you. And, and real quick, we 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 have we briefly mentioned Florida State in overtime against Duke, but that was their thirteenth consecutive overtime win, extending their NCAA record that they set against Boston University. Uh, I did the math. Um, if basically, if you enter in overtime, right, it's basically just a 50-50 chance you win. So to have a fifty-fifty chance in thirteen straight games and win uh, is about. Let's just say it's less than a hundredth of a one percent chance that happens winning thirteen straight overtime games. Well, and some of them, looking back on it, have been quite insane. I I create I created a YouTube video which you can go to my Twitter and check out of one clip from every game. You know, some some more dramatic than others. Like you know, you had Fiondu's game winning three against LSU. You had Terrence Mann's 
ridiculous falling sideways, hits every part of the rim and the backboard against Virginia Tech. But then you had the games like, you know, Wake Forest last year where, you know, Scotty Barnes leaks out of the pack and you're up seven. You have the game against Miami in 2018 where you win, end up winning that game by 10. It, it just shows Florida State is ridiculous in overtime. Why, why is that? It, some of it is, you know, a lot of these games have been at home. You know, I think mm-hmm. nine of them were at home. Nine or ten of them were at home. And the Tucker Center is, as we know, a notoriously tough place to play. 84 wins in the last 89 games. Um, part of it's Florida State uses their depth. So once guys get into overtime, they still have fresh legs. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, Duke, they only played six, seven guys, especially once Trevor Keels went down. Um, that's part of it. And, and part of it is these guys really know how to – what's the right word? They're they know how to – they're gritty and they know how to contain themselves for five minutes. They, they know how to bottle up all that excitement and adrenaline and produce it on the court. Now it hasn't always been easy for you know, young, think, and for, for a younger team too. I mean, for a, a younger, very young I mean, team, I mean, very young Boston team. U, look at the Boston U game. I mean, yeah, they, I mean that's sh- extremely impressive. Sh- sh- the Boston U, they should have lost honestly. Um, but Cleveland saved them on a tip in and you know, you're going to take that win 10 times out of 10. Um, just an incredibly impressive streak, especially with the way that you know Banchero, or however you say his last name, was starting to come on at the end of that second half. You know, mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I kind of thought he was going to carry him over into overtime. It, it was it was so funny listening to the commentary of that game because I really like Corey Alexander as an announcer, and he kept for the first fifteen minutes of that second half. You know, Banchero didn't have a shot attempt, and he's like, "Oh wow." You know, they're not getting back care of the ball. It wasn't that. Florida State was taking them out of the game. You know, with, with the way Florida State plays defense, they're fronting the post and they have weak side help over the top in case they try and force that pass. Bancaro had no idea what to do against that. And really, as a team, Duke has never played a team that has that kind of ball pressure. Um, you, you saw that time Bancaro brought it up in, in the first half, brought it up the court. And, you know, Cam Fletcher was all over him. They somehow get the timeout, which people were upset about instead of it being the jump ball. Nine times out of ten, the ref's going to call that a timeout, even if the player maybe doesn't have the ball. It's it's the way that happens. I thought overall the officiating crew was really good. Um, I thought they called a really great game, which I'm saying that about an ACC crew. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> um, I, I just thought it was a really, 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 really damn good basketball game. Um, one that hopefully is the turning point in this season um, because they still have to play at Duke. They still have to play at Carolina. still have to play – you know, at Virginia, at Clemson, at Miami this Saturday. They still have some games they got to win, and they're still, you know, on the bubble of that tournament. I know you still have. Well, you at know, Virginia, at Carolina, game. sorry, don't don't seem like those are. Virginia's uh, not. Uh, as Virginia's nothing. As, uh, as, um, as you expected entering the yeah, season. I mean, you can go back to my ACC preview. I didn't think Virginia was going to be that good. Um, you know, I, I think I finished, I think I predicted them to finish seventh. And even that, I was like, I'm only putting them this high because, you know, of what Tony Bennett, he, he's earned that respect where he's, I'm not going to break him to finish lower than sixth or seventh. And then Miami's just come out of nowhere. Um, basically, you just flip those two in my preview. Um, and then Carolina's just, they're so hot and cold. I mean, when they're clicking, they're a really, really good basketball team, but there's things holding them back. Like I, Caleb Love's still not that efficient. And when they get punched in the mouth early, you know, they start soaking, they start dropping their head. You know, it's bad body language. And you really saw it against the Miami game where they just quit. 
you know, they just wanted to get out of South Beach as fast as possible. Um, so maybe that changes when you're playing in Dean Dome, which, you know, is in a really tough place for Florida State historically. Um, we'll see when we get there in a month because that, that game is about a month away. Mm-hmm. Um, so still a lot of basketball to be played before we get there and a lot a lot of time for these teams to grow and improve and, and find ways to get better. But right, right now the ACC is only looking like a three-bid team in the NCAA tournament, maybe four. It's a really, really bad year for the conference, and it's been that way the last three or four years, honestly. Um, so the Flor- Florida State has to take advantage and and really win some games down the stretch. If you go back to the eighteen nineteen season, um, which is my last year with the team, Florida State started one and four in conference play. You know they're battling injuries, um, but you, it's the game. It's the year you lose at home to Duke because of the Cam Reddish brothers beat her. Um, then you lose at Boston College. You lose, I think it was at Pitt as well. Um, they start that poorly in conference play, but then they only lose one conference game the rest of the year. I think they finished 15 and five in conference. You know, it, it's possible Florida State's done it and it pretty recently. Sometimes yeah. it just it, it takes a little bit of time, sometimes it's health, which Florida State's dealing with. Malik Osborne's was out today against UNF. We'll, we'll see what he does on Saturday against Miami. Um, I think he's going to play kind of like with Duke, they're going to say he's doubtful going in that he's going to play 30 minutes. Um, and then you probably sit him next week at, at Georgia Tech. Um, you know, you got Tenor Ingon back today. I guess technically Tuesday night against Duke. Um, granted, he only played 90 seconds, and he looked pretty rusty, as you would expect. Um, Cam Fletcher's been dealing with nagging injury after nagging injury. But it seems like they're starting to finally get healthy, which they need. They, they mm-hmm. really, really need it. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. I'm dialed in. I watched the UNF game today, so I'm I'm officially dialed in. I took the day off of work to watch the UNF game, so <laughs> so you're, you're 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 already dialed, but you're extremely dialed in right now. Sadly, I can see the I can hear the m- way more excitement now in Vizi's voice than how it was. I was depressed ago. a month ago. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it was tough because we were giving you a hard time too. To quit the podcast, man. <laughs> I'm I'm just sitting there wondering, man, what bad thing is about to happen to FSU football? No, yeah, what's up next? <laughs> <laughs> we got a five-game winning streak in basketball. What's, Something what's bad happen? about to happen. I, yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but they gave the game ball to um, uh, Alfred after the Duke game. Oh, wow. He was in, he was in the locker room, um, gave him the game ball. I thought that was pretty cool. Hopefully yeah. he uh, returns the favor and gives us a new practice facility. <laughs> no, you got to wait in line, I think. We'll get to you. Football <laughs> we'll first, get, man. <laughs> we'll get to you. I, I can, you're on the I can, list. It, it, it okay, I know fo- we're like eight. It should world. be football first, women's soccer, okay. women's softball. <laughs> well, I mean, basketball. I, I think they're great programs. Phenomenal. When, when men's basketball is rolling, not only is there a different kind of buzz in Tallahassee, like, you could see in that student section, like there's a buzz. Well, they should have won the every single night. They should have won the title in 2020. It's alcohol. Yeah, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> well, that is true. Dustin was drinking a lot of alcohol. They should have won the. They should. They should have won in 2020, dude. They should have. And and as with any men's basketball program, when your team has success, it's one of the few money making sports in college. Mm-hmm. So it's one. It has to get attention because when you have a good program, it's good for the entire university, and especially one led by Coach Hamilton, who's such a great figure, such a great role model, such a great man. Um. You know, we, he, we, we've seen it the last week um, after his mentor at Kentucky passed away, Joe B. Hall. Um, there's been so many articles that, that I've read this week talking about their relationship, you know, how, how 
the impact Coach Hamilton had on the University of Kentucky um, and, and the impact Coach Hall had on him. And he, he's carrying that now. He, he's one. He's still one of those elder statesman coaches, but he has such an impact on on young players and, and knows how to develop them, not only as players, but as men. And I think he just huge. doesn't panic, man. Like he doesn't. He's just and, 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 and runs it out. N- no one's gonna the highs and the for, lows. N- no one's gonna credit him for the Duke game because Coach K outsmarted himself twice, not only going man on the last possession of regulation and then not calling timeout on on that final play in overtime where no one touched the ball except Wendell Moore and he's driving on John Butler. Um, that was terrible. I don't know what they were thinking there. Um, but they came up with a great game plan. And a lot of his adjustments throughout the game were really good. You know, uh, People are going to point to Forsey not scoring against his own. It's been a theme all season, really. Um, they're working on it. I can tell you that. They're definitely working on it. Um, they, they look better today. Granted, UNF's nowhere near the same caliber of, of athleticism that Duke is, but they're getting there. And in overtime, they started finding ways to attack the zone, get to the free throw line, which is big. They're finally starting to hit their free throws for the most part, um, <laughs> except Cleveland. Um, but really, Caleb Mills it, has been playing well. Evans has been playing well. I don't understand it. You're you're, you're a five star basketball player. You can't hit a damn free throw. For for this game, for the Duke game, it it was all about the moment. You, yeah. you could tell he was anxious all game. He was rowdy, um, a little bit reckless at times, playing out of control. You could tell he was just rushing things. Um, I think it was big. I think Worley hit his free throws. I thought that was big because um, you saw him be antsy in the Miami game. So to, so to come back against a better opponent and, and knock down those, I thought that was big for his development and his confidence. Um, Cleveland's going to get there. You, you know, I like his technique. It, it's a little flat, but it'll get there. He, he's just he needs more reps. That's really all it is. He needs to be more confident in himself. He'll get there. He was three of three or three of four from the line today. Let me check. I think it was three of four against uh, UNF. Oh no, sorry, five of nine. Never mind. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> he got down the line more than I thought. Yeah. Patrick's asking, uh, what's your thoughts on FSU's fans uh, storming the court? FSU's made it to three straight 16. The, the only reason they did it, um, and they wouldn't do it for any other opponent, even Carol, Carolina, they wouldn't have done it. This was only because of the 2019 game when, when Cam Reddish hit that buzzer beater because the fans were ready for that game. They were ready yeah. to storm the court. like We all knew it as working for the team because at that point, Florida State hadn't made themselves the name they are now. Like, yeah, yeah, now you've made three straight sweet, sweet 16s. Maybe that's not the expectation. Two years ago, you were just coming off your first sweet 16. Or I guess three years ago. I've been out of college a long time. Um, Getting old. I am. I feel old. Um, but th- three years ago, like, I, I, that's all it was. It, it was payback for that. It, it wouldn't happen against any other team. Um, it was also an emotional game. You know? It was a really emotional game um, th- that paid off a lot of what was set up, you know, not only three years ago in that game, but the ACC championship that year, um, the following year where uh, Phil Cove and Brian Angola both had 20 points plus, but uh, Marvin Bagley went berserk with like 35 and 22. Um, then again, f- following year, Cam Reddish hits the buzzer beater. A uh, year after that, and Cameron Indoor, when Florida State's one of the three best teams in the country, you know, Trent Forrest has eight steals in that game. They go cold from three. I think they shot two of 19 from three or something like that. 
Um, and then you have that bogus cylinder call at the end of that game that I am still mad about because I was in attendance for that game. So it's just all this setup for, you know, be, finally beating Duke, finally getting over that hump. Because really, even when Duke's bad, they're still the gold standard in the ACC. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're 9-9 nine and nine like they were in the conference last year. They're still the gold standard because Coach K has been that guy for, what, 25, 30 years? He, he's always been the standard. So anytime you can beat him, fans are going to be happy. And let's face it, Florida State, as good as basketball team has been, is still a football school. And the casual fans going to go, oh, my God, we beat Duke. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. I wasn't upset mm-hmm. about it. It was, it was just payoff from three years ago. Um, I was all gonna, for it's it. Probably, it's probably not going to happen for the next half decade. Well, the, the, and I think the students deserve it. The way that they've been coming to games, selling out, selling sure. out, selling out, selling out that section, they deserve all the world of them sure. to go down there and celebrate they, with friends been, and take videos. Like, yeah, that was awesome. They, it, it's been long overdue that the students get more seating. Because, um, I mean, it, go back to I couldn't imagine Louisville. more seating with them, yeah. Go back to the Miami game, you know, on a Tuesday night. That student section was packed. They were making noise all game. And then you look at the rest of the crowd, and it's like, what, what are we what are we doing? Um, I know everyone wants to move the students, which I, I'm all for, but it's just not going to happen because, you know, th- those seats are safe for the boosters. But mm-hmm. you got to give them, at, at the very least, more seats. You know, whether whether it's the other side of the of of the tuck, they, they just need more seats in general because they're selling out every game instantly. Yeah, no, it's quick and fast, and it's good. I mean, the girls love coming. The uh, guys obviously want to come. It's a great little date night situation, you know. You know, I can, yeah, back in buddies. my day, back in my day, you know, a little basketball game wasn't a bad idea because the girls don't have to go to a football game. I mean, I would kill to go on a date for a football game, but you know, if I got to go basketball, I got to go basketball just because you know you don't get the hair messed up in there. You can grab a few drinks, Nate. You know, it works out for you in college. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, works out. Uh, is that kind of a wrap on basketball there? Um, pretty much because you don't, you don't have two games this week. You have at Miami Saturday and you go at Georgia tech Wednesday, which I'm hoping to be there for. We'll, we'll see. I got to get some things figured out. Um, Ooh. but I'm hopefully be at that one in Atlanta. Ooh, um, and like Georgia tech's bad. So I don't really want to talk about them right now. Perfect. Sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, real quick. 21's asking, Hey Logan, what do you guys think about the Paul buying bomb article and what he said about Florida state joining the sec? Thank you. 21 for checking that out. That article today, that's our top read article right now. Still kicking as this long evening. as they can get the hell out of the ACC. I don't know. How do you read your article right. about it? You're not the only one that wrote about it. You just stole it. No, I, I agree with what Nate said. It doesn't have to be the SEC. Just get the hell out of the ACC, please. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't care, I don't care about the football 10. side of it. I don't care if it's the Big 12. Get, get out of the ACC. Independent. I don't care about the football side of things. I just don't want another basketball game ever associated by Jamie Lucky, Teddy Valentine, or Roger Roger Ayers. Please get me yeah. out of this conference. How much money do you make in the independent conference? Who cares? Get me out of the ACC. Yeah, Paul said in an interview, he said, if you're sitting there in a Notre Dame position, why do you join the ACC with that approach? And if you're Clemson or some of these other schools, Florida State in particular, you have to be asking yourself, why don't we join a Super League and really say who cares what the rest of – college football does we're joining the only conference that matters and of course that's always fine bomb and his sec love there showing but he always mentioned oklahoma and texas and this last summer announcing uh they're going to be joining the sec i know later than 2025 um but yeah that was a big discussion on our facebook and 
Twitter too. I think it's do it. Like it. You mentioned. know, yeah. you know, everyone's so chicken little about you know facing Bama and whatnot, but it, it, it's going to allow Florida State, which is a big name program across the country, they're going to be able to recruit better financially. The, the money that's involved in the SEC. So it, it just makes a lot of sense to to, to make that jump. Mm-hmm. Money, money, money. Money. With, 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 the, with the NIL movement, you know, FSU needs to be as competitive. Right now the SEC has a competitive advantage very much over every other yeah. conference and most of the teams in the country. Yep. 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 Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Unless any of y'all have any anything more on here, we're looking forward to having. Can we say a D Lou? No. Next week. Yeah. I, yeah. Nate said I, can't, that. I can't wait for that, man. I'm no, so no, excited. This, well, what are you this one. About? This one's Parson. This is Parson next week. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I thought we were talking about the other one. Yeah. yeah I think. Yeah. I think the other one's done. I, but I know you can't. I know you can't wait to talk to Chris Parson either, though, Nate. Yeah, I know. no, I, I, I love to talk to Chris Parson. You know. Yeah, but this, there's one in the works. that's still trying to get I, all. No, it's not in the works. The well, there is. Uh, no, it needs been, to happen because it's been admitted. Be, wait, wait, wait. It, it, it needs to happen because of uh, uh, of the the banter that would be just absolutely. The banter would be. I, 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 I mean, that, that, there's a lot of banter that might be the one and done we'll ever have of, a, of an interview. Well, no, it, 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 I don't it, think it will be banter. It'll be a good discussion. Yeah, it'd be yeah. a very good discussion. I think that would. I'm sure he he wants to address it too. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it'd be great. I, I and, doubt and, it. And we have to leave <laughs> the name unsaid, and we'll let fans speculate. Yes. Ah, this was a lot. This was a lot tonight. Had over... I talked about basketball for 25 minutes and no one got yeah, tired. Yeah, uh, again, you know. Well, Dustin was on his phone. I did see Dustin on his phone. <laughs> be, be on the lookout for bonus I, buddies. I got a, I got a DM that I had to reply to. Whoa, you're married. You're interfering with my bonus buddies plug right now, Logan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so sorry about that. I am so sorry. What do you want to tell your bonus buddies followers out there? Um, next week, um, maybe we. I, I'll shoot you over the. Uh, the movie we can play it. The oh, movie you already made the movie. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it it has a very commercial <laughs> tone, like, like like a great melody to it. You know, like oh, I, I can slap I'm, my fingers. Dun, 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 I'm, dun, dun, I'm already dun, regretting dun. watching it. I haven't even watched it yet. No, God help us, Jesus! I can't wait. The last one was a great video. I'm looking for the, the only thing I need is a picture of Dustin eating wings. <laughs> that that would that would put it we over can get that. The, that would put it over the edge. You don't already have pictures of you eating wings, Dilu? I don't Surely I don't does. know. I'm not really trying to get an action shot whenever I'm chowing down on <laughs> some Carolina golds, but we can see what happens. <sighs> yeah, Dustin, uh, Dustin, nice you're getting ripped. Play, like a, like a selfie. Well, 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 Dustin, if you want to if you want to profit from this venture that's going to blow up. <laughs> I need, You're gonna have to put I, some I, work I, in. I need what do you mean? If I want to profit, I came up with boneless buddies. I own it. No, you did. You, no, <laughs> I, I've taken it. What do you mean? No, that's my that's my intellectual no, property, no, 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 no. bro. You, you you took his recruiting journals. He's taking boneless buddies. Yep. That's how it works. It's a trade off. Uh, 
we'll arm wrestle for it. Mm, Curtis, Curtis is on here just ripping Dustin's background. I'm loving this because I've already thought, of, you know, we got to make some upgrades back there. But Dustin, I'm sorry. You just got to get some LEDs back there, uh, he said. And then he said, Logan's as great as usual. And, you know, I pride myself and making well, sure. Well, I mean, my, my background's background nothing. That, I mean, mine's a wall. Yeah, I just think it's the, you know, the beautiful face that they look at. Yeah, no, I think your camera is great. I, I think gotta, it's just fun to rip on Dustin. I got to put this Bobby yeah. Bowden picture up. It'll look a lot better. Work on that tomorrow. <laughs> Show us it. What do we got? That was that's, an, that's an awesome. It's a good one. Yeah, why, why is that hang, a little bit why isn't hanging out, dude? You should get a green screen. and. Uh, <laughs> dude, I hope you fall backwards. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we need though, we need to, we need to talk to SI because some of these some of the other sites they got like banners and stuff in the back yeah. of their podcast. Yeah, hook that shit up, man. I, I'll we make gotta a little, get the hook up. I make a little setup right here, you know, in, in my in my video chair. Yeah, oh, I didn't I didn't realize I didn't have the NG logo flipped up all day. Whoops! Wow, not repping Whoops. the brand. Good thing we have the NG logo right by your head, and we've had it there yeah. the majority of the show. Yeah, but, but I like I like having it there because usually I'm on the bottom left. Usually, yeah. Carol, Carol saying uh, the best of the boneless buddies on video. Can't wait. Yeah, Carol, we love Carol. I, I, I'm sure here. Carol and all her support. I'm sure Carol. Will, Carol's got to get a free shirt. No, 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 no. There's nothing free. You know, she said. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to get a free shirt out of this. There's you know, nothing still free. Got, still got to put in on it, you know. But but yeah, maybe maybe we'll cut her a, a, a two for one deal. Maybe like a a one dollar discount. <laughs> you know, buy, buy That's one. messed up. Buy one for forty, get two for four to, no, for it's got, for eighty. It's got to be. It's got. No, you got to have it. You have a. You have a. You have to like a catchy slogan. It's got to be like buy one get one bonus, where it's like free shipping or something. Yeah. yeah so hmm. this is where you need to do your part, Logan, and work with my uh, part. I'm not uh, a part of this. I'm not in the campaign. <laughs> now listen. I'm not. This is where you need to do your part with every uh, purchase of a shirt. You get a free order of boneless from Hobbit. Yeah, I just said. I've already. Been, Dude, I, I've already got stuff written down, man. Once you got the podcast next week, you know my mind was going. <laughs> oh, I know that. I know that. Well, we were worried if you weren't going to show up on time here, you're going to kind of lose your campaign followers. But I'm glad that no. you've, you're keeping them on here. No, I, I mean the fact that it was talked about the basketball game just you know tells me that this is something. Oh, that I should have never. I should have never sent that in there. <laughs> th this is meant to be. Say it, Dustin was going to say it. Yeah, no, but I was in a good mood. I mean, they just beat Duke, so I was like, you know, I, I should tell Nate. You know, so, shout out to those two listeners if they if they're hearing this right now. I want to send them some uh, NG merch. So if you're listening, hit the DMs, Twitter, Instagram. If you're in the Discord, hit us up. Definitely appreciate y'all listening. I'm already, Definitely. I'm already thinking like, you know, Valentine's Day. We can have like, will you be my boneless buddy? Like we <laughs> absolutely we can just keep yeah. rolling. We can Look keep rolling now, they just got a yes. chub. Nate's got yeah. Nate. Look what you've done. Yeah, Make some uh, little, um, the little candy heart things. Yeah. That's no, what I, I, I mean, if we play it right, I mean, you know. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I mean, those things can't be that expensive to make. You can have different Sky's pictures of, of Austin and Logan and, like, of Dustin eating wings. You know, that could be, like, the pictures. We we, we are we are uh, sponsored with Hobbit. We're trying to figure out the contract for this new year, but we're expecting to be with Hobbit again. Uh, they've enjoyed having us, and we definitely enjoy having them. And we got some cool things we're trying to do too, NIL related. 
uh, maybe do some events, live podcasts. I feel like we got to do a live podcast, man. I'm mm. kind of worried. Though. I don't know if someone having y'all like on YouTube and not seeing y'all in person. I would, now, Carol, I, I definitely, definitely cool. Carol gets first grabs at the seats up front, but I don't know. Podcast, beer it, involved. The, the, the I don't thing know. Is getting all four of us in the same spot. You know, yeah. we tried it this last it, season, it, and it happens like once, once a year. Yeah, Logan and Dustin live in Tallahassee. I'm in Charlotte, <laughs> and then Nathan Bra- Bradenton, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's kind of tough. I, 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 I just think I had to drag my ass up there because I hate that drive. Uh, you can do it. I it, believe it in be, you. It should be New Orleans, really. Yes. Oh, yeah, but that would be an incredible spot. To no, it should, live be live it should be in Baton Rouge. <laughs> in the car. Right. It should be in Baton Rouge, but, you know. I'll settle for New Orleans because New Orleans is my favorite food so, city. So, 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 Logan, I'll come up there, and, and, and the three of us will, will carpool because it's not that far to drive <laughs> to New Orleans from, uh, from Tallahassee. Yeah, so that, that, would, that, would be a, that would be. I can fly all four of us in a car. No, oh I can. Fly. I'll, I'll just fly I, there. No, no, I'm not including Austin. Austin can fly. Yeah, talking about, so yeah. I'm, I'm talking about me, Dustin, and Logan in the car together for ten hours because, w- would be great. Just, just for me alone, like Charlotte to Tallahassee is eight and a half, nine hours. So then tack on another four hours each way to New Orleans. It's not a fun trip. I'll need yeah. mental health counseling after that try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping this comment on here because it says Logan is great as usual. So no, it says Logan great as usual. You could use the clout. Yeah, I'm trying to so, add it on there and build the brand. And then, um, you know, my birthday is Wednesday, so that's right. So m- make sure that you know y'all. Oh yeah. You know, uh, you know, I would really love to get some boneless buddy stuff up and going before. You know, that'd be. <laughs> that's all up to you. Oh so, yeah. God. Let me yeah, tell you, I, Nate. I, I know. I know you ain't getting nothing from your birthday from Logan because this guy couldn't even bring oh, here you we a go. wedding gift. Here we go. So, I, I know you ain't getting I gave the Jared Bruce news. You, you I gave you me were, the Jared Bruce news. You were in the yeah. wedding and wedding you did not year. get him a, a wedding Yeah, gift. bro. The Jared Bruce one, we had to make an agreement there. When did, when did that come when did that come out though? That came out after the new year, not my wedding asshole. Well, well, the thing was wasn't though, your, yeah, wasn't you messed up, so that's what happened. Huh? Nothing. Also, Dustin's never gonna let me live this down. I swear, every time he asks me on Twitter, he's like, "Yeah, but you weren't at my wedding." It's all right. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah. He's higher salty. up on the shit list because I couldn't even get a gift, bro. Hey, a I gift? have COVID. I he, want, a, he wants a three thousand dollar laptop. He wants a three thousand dollar laptop. Right? Not, even, happy. not even a I gift could, card, bro. I couldn't even. He I couldn't even it. get a written out card that said like, "Congrats, man." Not, not, not even a fifty dollar gift card to Target. He, he ate my. I wedding cried food. at his wedding. That should be he, good enough. Where are the photos at? There's no way. He did the whole open bar. He drank all. That was Lopes. That was Lopes. I couldn't get one gift. So that was Lopes. I don't want to hear what this man to say my gift my gift to him is right here talking to him tonight and he well that be gift is bullshit <laughs> so are you <laughs> you should have got him like the uh 12 months well if i get him a shirt he ain't gonna wear it he, he doesn't get he doesn't wear anything hey, I, don't want no shirt. I, want a, I want a gift it's like the jelly of the month club i'm gonna give him you know, a gift yeah, that keeps on giving you have a job I'm, if it's a great shirt, that is right that is right he does have a job he does have pay no way so. more than what he has currently. Uh, blah, blah, blah. That is true. That is true. All right. I think that's a wrap. It barely yep. pays. <laughs> God. 
Oh, Dustin, everything's going to be okay. You're going to make some money off bonus buddies. I mean, you're venturing out in different kinds Dude, of areas now. Dustin, I mean, you're going to make, you have three Dustin, different avenues listen, of making money. Look, let me be quiet. Dustin, once bonus buddies takes off and, and, and we separate from these two right. turds, you All know, right. I mean, we're, we're going to be rolling in the cash, you know, because it's not tied to no game day. It's tied to Dustin and Nate. So we're, we're, I mean, I mean, the conglomerate that we can make this is just like, I'm not gonna say it's infinite, but it's pretty, pretty high ceiling that we can, you know, make a run at this. I'm down for this. I just got one question for you, man. Mm-hmm. Like when when this all works out, will you just give me a gift? Who Logan or me? No, you. I I I, I you're I, you're I, a better man than this than this motherfucker. I I I will get you a gift. Um, you know, maybe like a plaque of boneless buddies, you know, like uh like a first first million sales of shirts. You know, you know, we'll figure it out. I like that. Million of shirts. I've got dogs barking like a mother F in the background, so I'm gonna go on and end this. Holy shit. I'm in a I'm in an animal shelter right now. Holy hell. God Amadi. Wait, so I need to go watch an old yellow show or the movie. God damn. Um William with the five bomb to end off the show. That five bucks is going to Dustin. Sorry, guys, but there's your wedding gonna be gift. The gift. <laughs> I'm gonna cut your break line, buddy. Hey, hey that, 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 that five dollars can get you a great Whataburger breakfast, man. And that's what he that's all he needs. No, it that can't. One. My 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 water costs about thirteen eighty two. What? That's you what you should do, Logan. Logan, you should get him a hundred dollar gift card to Whataburger. I think that might work. That could do it right there. But he'll say it doesn't. It doesn't be able to patch things over potentially. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I gotta get out of here. I gotta let these dogs out there before they piss and shit all over the crate. So Um, he really didn't give me a gift though. Oh my god! All right, we gotta move on. Let's move on. Here we go. All right, well we say goodbye to Dustin. Uh, all right, everybody, enjoy the evening. Appreciate everybody watching. This was a lot of people on here tonight. I know Twitter. It's two hours, man. Let's go, bro. YouTube YouTube was kicking today, over 200 tonight. So make sure you hit the like button before leaving. Appreciate everybody commenting and hanging out with us and William for the little five bomb there. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week on Thursday evening at 8.30 p.m. with Chris Parson, 2023 quarterback commit. Should be a really good interview. Yes, and um, yeah, I, I won't say that. It's inappropriate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here before he eventually does say it. I'm out. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>